Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Three hours to go and we are looking at the last quarter of the race now. And TCE looks like this. Top seven in the TCE category are TCR cars and the top four, as we've just mentioned, still on the lead lap. The two here, three, first and second, eight, the ninth synchro laps ahead of Hoffa Racing. Hyundai, Team Hyundai Denmark still sitting there, but after their problems earlier on, have dropped well out of contention. They'll be disappointed, but giving the I-30N TCR a good run out in 11th and 12th team Abbott uh, commercials racing and Winkler tuning have had what can be described as a character building weekend at the front of the field and in GT it's an A6 Am car that leads A6 Pro and that gap is just beginning to go out it's not actually the full lap that it says on that screen and it's Herbeth versus Bohemia Energy with CP Racing. Another couple of laps further back. And Audi makes the fourth different manufacturer in the top four with the 88 car collection machine in fourth position. That's a bright orange car. And that's got Marcus Finkelhock uh, behind the wheel. 205 2 last time around. But not the quickest car on the track because Carol Bass in the eight Olymp car did a 205 0. He's been very impressive every time he's got into that car. GT4991 leaders are in the top 10. Ninth for RTR Projects. Crossbow, the 224 car, leading the GT4 category. Speed Lover lead the 991 Porsche Gen 2 Cup car class. Duo is in second. And Pro and Porsche Lorient, rather, with the 911 is in third. And the top three in GT4, as we mentioned, the crossbow leads from Senke Motorsports and Hoffa Racing, actually the other way around, Hoffa Racing by Bonk, the 50 car, and then Senke, the 409, so two BMWs. That means the Pro Sport car for the moment has dropped out of the top three in GT4 for that Aston Martin. Only the one official retirement that we've been informed of at the moment, and that is the Wachenspiegel Team Monschau car, the 22 machine with an overheating gearbox. They pulled the car, it was working fine, it was just spraying gearbox oil over the rear diffuser and everywhere and was in danger of completely and utterly detonating. So they decided to pull that car in before any further damage was done. That's how they stand. Two hours and 57 minutes to go. The leader, Herbeth Motorsport, Daniel Allerman, with 242 laps completed. Paul Trusswell. Yes, the, uh, the other car that potentially is in trouble, the 226 Crossbow. Uh, I think it was Johnny who mentioned that car coming into the pits. Uh, it was Gabriele Gilkova who took the car over. It's been there well, it's nearly a quarter of an hour, so it, it's not necessarily something that's going to see the car retiring, um, but that car, the Crossbow, has been a troubled car over the course of the uh, 12 hours of Bruno. I have to say the other Crossbow... 
has been running very well, careful what I say. Um, but Sergei Pavlovich, currently at the wheel, took it over from Thomas Enger, who gave it its first, or gave him his first turn behind the wheel, uh, and leading GT4 by a very comfortable margin. Two laps is the gap between himself and the next car up in GT4, which is the Hoffer Bonk BMW. The uh, third place in class uh, was the Aston Martin, but uh, following a fairly lengthy penalty for that car on its last pit stop. Rodrigue Guillon has now taken it back over and it's now fourth in class behind the Senkia Motorsport BMW uh, number 409 which is now third in GT4 so that's the uh, position as far as GT4 is concerned still waiting in TCE for a pit stop from Harry Hilders um, but that not yet uh, due until maybe 10 minutes time for Harry Hilders in the 175. Um, and the 91 is in, Paul. And ah. uh, the we had the uh, air jacks in the background. And is there a driver change, Joe Bradley? Yes, there is. Ralph Bond. I don't know who you were expecting. I, thought, I think I heard you say Robert Renault, but then they're clearly, Paul going to keep Robert Renauer for the last couple of hours. Well, that was it, 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 it was my thought uh, that they would keep Robert Renauer for the last two hours. It was also my thought that that was what Car Collection was going to do uh, with Marcus Winkelhop, but they put Marcus in the car. He's going to have to get out of the car and hand the car over to somebody else to do a stint in between times. So, um, the Herbert team's tactic uh, to give uh, Robert Renauer a double stint at the end of the race, I suppose that gives them the opportunity to double stint the tyres if they think they can. Um, but a great stint that from Daniel Allerman. Saw him through into the lead of the race. There was a period at the beginning of the stint when he was closing, hand over fist on Josef Kral. So if you get an opportunity to talk to Daniel, uh, a good stint from him. And as I say, he got close to the back of the Ferrari. Uh, but then in the second part of the stint, he dropped away. Um, so the Ferrari now back in the lead of the race. Josef Kral at the wheel of the number 11 Ferrari back in the lead and will be monitoring very closely whether the pit stop is any longer or not. Juan has just sent me a picture. He's uh, en route to Bruno at the moment and he's driving through a huge rainstorm. He's coming to see the last bit of the race. He's decided to make the effort. Well, where, where did he set off from though? Yeah. Uh, Sheffield. I think. <laughs> it always um, rains in Sheffield. A <laughs> uh, spokesman for the uh, West Yorkshire South tourist Yorkshire. board there. South Yorkshire. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's have a word with uh, Daniel Allerman. Uh, he's down with Joe Bradley in the Herbeth Motorsport pit area. And the, and the good news is that Daniel's underwear uh, meets the requirements of the series. Are also getting inspected. Daniel, that was a very good stint. Very competitive race with the Ferrari. You caught the Ferrari, but then dropped back away. Uh, the Ferrari is a little bit faster than, than, than our car, but we saved the tire, we saved fuel, and uh, in three hours it's finished. Then right. Can you beat the Ferrari? <laughs> it's, a it's a difficult question. I, we hope so, yeah, we hope so. Robert will, will the last under one and a half hours, he will uh, Robert drive, and then, uh, then we, we push. That's when the race begins, huh? You guys have got to keep it in one piece. Are you are you wanting to beat the Ferrari? You are leading the AM class, but I would no, we, think we want, we, we want to hit the, the Ferrari, and they won't be the, the first of all them. Yeah. I thought so. I thought so. I'll let you go and cool off. Thank you, Daniel. Great stuff. And I tell you what, guys, a good a bit of an observation for me. 
is um, the fact that the uh, the organisers, the officials, are coming round mid-race to check safety gear. Because it's all right carrying yep. your safety gear to scrutineering. Everything passes the morning of the race, but there's nothing then done to check up that you're actually wearing your underwear, for instance. Mm. And it's great to see that. Well, and the reason they do that, Joe, is quite a lot of people have more than one set of underwear and more than one race suit because you're sweating so much. And I'll guarantee you that nobody gets two sets of underwear and two race suits scrutineered. Uh, I, think I'm, I think I might have been the only person in the history to do it. I brought in two sets of underwear at Quarter when I had my Valero underwear. I had a dark grey and a black pair and brought them both in and uh, it, it was um, Luke it was Luke yes it was Luke looked at me and said you only need one set of underwear I said well in case one gets wet and he went bah. <laughs> bah. fair enough um, but that's it, good it, it is it, good great great to hear from Daniel Allen that, that is good yes also that uh, Alleman uh, I mean he's revealed what's going on there uh, they did save fuel uh, it was a 36 lap stint from Alleman so that's comparing that to Pisaric who did 33 laps but uh, perhaps more importantly the Herbert team got the Porsche on its way again three minutes and 19 seconds in the pits three minutes and 39 seconds for the Ferrari 20 seconds longer for the Ferrari in the pits then than the Herbert Porsche so again when they come round Herbert's just gone through now where sorry the Ferrari has just gone on gone round now how far back is the Porsche from him he's going to be about 25 seconds I think so uh, the gap is where is yes, let me see where that one uh, pans out because it's a bigger gap than I thought it was going to be as a result of the uh, pit stop from the Porsche here he comes now uh, yeah and it's going to be more like 30 seconds I think by the time uh, Ralph Bone who's now behind the wheel comes through the gap is 38 seconds so uh, more than I thought it was going to be actually given that the pit stop was a lot shorter for Herbert. So I'm not quite sure why that has happened. Do you know what? The more I see racing on this track, the more I like it. It's a really lovely circuit. Not with, notwithstanding the problems with grip, the flow of the circuit, the way you've got to be patient sometimes, the way you can force your way through sometimes. It's a, it's a real driver circuit, Johnny, isn't it? it? If drivers will feel like they can make a difference here. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky because a lot of the corners are well take ages to get through. They're, lo they're medium speed. You have to be very patient with both turning and then throttle application. And you talked about going upstairs, I think, or somewhere on the stairs you were talking about earlier on. Uh, some of the corners remind me of you almost like a staircase. And they call part of the Adelaide street circuit the staircase along uh, uh, Warwick Street. And... That reminds me of, you know, it's a 90-degree left followed by a 90-degree right. Once you've got that done, oh, there's another 90-degree left and a 90-degree right. Uh, there's just certain areas that will test your patience, particularly yesterday when there was zero grip as well. And I think that's what uh, Yuri Pisaric said to us earlier on. Actually, the less you fight the car, the more patient you are, and almost the, more, the, the, the smoother you are with things, the quicker the lap time. So it's against all all things in a, a racing driver's brain to say come on hurry up hurry up you want to do exactly the opposite 
Well, we're getting into the stage now with two hours and 48 minutes where people will be thinking about the end of the race. A couple of pit stops from here. Uh, after, what, you got 2.48, that's 1.48, and then 48 minutes, you do about an hour here. So certainly into two pit stop territories from here. Let's just remind ourselves how we got to this position and what's been going on in the last few hours. As we've had the bulk of the race today, of course, three hours yesterday, but the dark clouds came over a couple of hours ago, a little bit more than that now, and very big raindrops started falling. I don't think anybody actually went on the wet tyres. Three cars, Nick said, alongside me, but none of the major contenders, they toughed it out. There was consternation in the paddock as there was on the track, with things being cleared up and uh, anything delicate taken out of the rain curtailed my lunch break, actually, to be honest. The track was definitely wet and we just had a little bit of time, maybe three or four laps where there was rooster tails of spray coming out from behind the car. But then it dried up again. It stopped and within another two or three laps, there was a dry line again. And it didn't deter any of the spectators who were queued up this morning to come in and watch this remaining nine hours of the race. The battles in TCR with four cars on the lead lap have been engaging with the NKPP racing by Baz Counten, 125, 175 rather, the 101 from Rick Breukers, the Autorama Volkswagen and the Leicester Racing Team Volkswagen all battling for the lead. The head of the field, it's been Ferrari versus Porsche and that's how it stands at the moment. 36 seconds between the 11 the Ferrari and the 91 Grey Porsche in second. So just on two and three quarter hours to go, the lead has completed another lap, 2.46 on the board. Now, what do you reckon, Paul, in terms of the lap distance? What's the predictive software seeing as we've still got that two and three quarter hours to go? Still 320 laps uh, right. looking as being the likely distance. Uh, 3.22 to beat the 12-hour distance in 2016 or 3.24 to beat the 12-hour distance that we did in 2015. So despite glorious sunshine, warm conditions, um, it was actually we went further when it was cold and um, not cold and wet, but uh, cold and miserable as far as Nick, uh, Nick Damon was concerned. We, have to um, have, we had to have a moratorium on that, <laughs> that the coldness was stopped talking about. And um, that was only after the first hour and a half. Well, I'll tell you what, after I'd been here for an hour and a half on Wednesday, I was cold and miserable because it was horrible. Um, but the rest of the weekend, the week has been fine. Um, I was trying to get to the bottom of how uh, the gap went up. And the answer is, Josef Kral, uh, of course, having got the new tyres on, was able to go very rapidly in the first few laps of his stint, uh, whilst Daniel Alleman was still out in the Herbert Porsche and was going less quickly in the Porsche. So, uh, in effect, there was about a six seconds per lap. Josef has now been out for nine laps. Um, and in, those, in that time, he was able to open the gap up. Change of leader in TCR. Rick Breukers has hunted down Harry Hilders and the 175 now in second, Johnny, with the 101 leading. Yeah, that's been happening for the last few laps, hasn't it? Rick Broker's doing a good move on Fabian Dance to snatch second place and then has spent the rest of the stint since then hunting down 
Harry Hilders. The lap times significantly different. I, I think with some consistency, Rick's been going around three or four seconds, sometimes five seconds quicker than Harry Hilders. So that was a matter of time. It, well, I, uh, I was wrong there because I thought that uh, Rick would only inherit the lead when Harry made his pit stop. But you're right. I, wasn't, uh, I was expecting to see Harry in the pits and that was why Rick has taken over the lead. But I think it's because Harry's times were dropping a bit off the edge of the cliff. Um, he has been out there for 30 laps now. And I suspect that's uh, part of the reason that Rick's been able to... Uh, um, take over the lead because of the um, because of the pace of the as you say the um, red camel car um, but in a sense I said earlier on I was surprised that Evo would come in a bit earlier but that was to get the new tyres on the car they get the new tyres on the car and Rick can immediately go faster whereas by staying out on bad tyres even though you're extending your fuel range you're going slower on the old tyres and that in the end it ends up by penalising you. You're better coming in taking less fuel so your pit stop is shorter uh, and then getting out again and going faster on the new on the new um, tyres. Good morning Carol Brink getting up to a foggy Monterey California morning. Tuned in across the other side of the Atlantic and on the left hand coast of the United States uh, getting ready for the last two hours and 43 minutes as into the pit lane comes the 93 Edward Lewis Browner Herbert Motorsport car and this joke comes in out of fifth position fifth. overall fourth in arm yeah they've had a good run this car hasn't it the 93 car we kind of because there's so much happening at the front we kind of um, neglect what's happening behind but this car you know what this car is very much in contention for a, at least a class podium and if uh, if nothing goes wrong, and Edward Lewis Browner out the car, they're already. I'm not sure who that was that got in. Um, oh come on, Bradley! No, Get with I, the I didn't know. I, I was round the other side of the car. Let's have a word with Edward Lewis Browner, who's Probably in the back Stefan of the pits. Sorry, in. man. Sorry, Stefan Oust getting in. All right, Stefan Oust getting in. I'll just, I'll just grab, I'll just grab him in case my microphone gets off. Edward, hello. Working hard, wiping the sweat from his brow. I've just been saying that you guys are having a pretty good run. I mean, you, you, um, you, you're, you're on the foot. I'm not going to see it. You're having a very good run. Well, I, I actually, I don't know where we are currently, but uh, we, fifth. Overall. Oh, overall, okay. So that sounds like a good run. Cycled through the pit stop. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it seems like we are doing much better than we thought because we weren't too good in qualifying. We didn't start really quick, but now we are getting in. It's always with a new car. I mean, we don't really have that much experience on the new car yet. So it's also a lot of training for us. What are the uh, what are the differences with the new car over the old one? The new car brakes much better, much much better. Uh, it has air conditioning. And uh, the front axle is much better, it's much more precise, so uh, it, it feels much more like a mid-engine car sort of thing, where you really get the front pointed, whereas in the old, you always had this sort of Porsche-style driving. Um, new car is a great step forward. And obviously a lot quicker. And probably quicker. We really haven't campaigned it against each other, so we can't really tell, but yeah, we, we are happy with the new car. Is that your race over, Edward? Three hours to go? Um, sorry? Is it your race finished now? Will you get back in? I, 
actually don't know. I, I guess since we had three drivers, I, I assume only one hour to go or three hours to go, three hours to go. Maybe there will be a last stint. I don't know. It, it's down to the engineer to tell. Big smile there from Edward Lewis Browner. Great stint. And a good run from the 93. Very good run. The I think we can call that the second Herbert car. Still the Gen 2 991 Cup car. Remember, these cars are the sprint cars, JP, that uh, we see racing in Super Cup and in Carrera Cup and Porsche GT3 Cup around the world. Very minor changes. There is an endurance kit that you can bolt uh, onto them. But it's a really cost-effective way to go racing. And Edward, they're fulsome in his praise of the new car. Yeah, um, and I think... We've seen through the years, even if a car is designed to go sprinting, it, with a few changes to improve its reliability, to improve maybe its structural integrity a little bit, then why can it not be uh, pushed uh, a bit further? I mean, TCR cars at the end of the day are, were designed to do 10 or 15 lap sprints, and uh, they now do 12 and 24 hour races fairly comfortably. And crucially, Porsche have given it an ABS option now, which it never used to have. The Cup car never used to have an ABS option. It is a factory option now. And in fact, in the IMSA Porsche GT3 Cup USA by Yokohama, the Masters class cars have to have the ABS. That's mandatory for those. Uh, and they're, they're tricky cars to drive without the ABS. No ABS, no traction control for the for the pro classes. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's the key thing with GT3. It is a category for gentlemen drivers, uh, or it is a category which encourages gentlemen drivers. I'll put it that way. Uh, and the ABS does make it simpler to drive. Um, the GT, sorry, go on, John. Well, I was just I was I was thinking about at the time touching on that subject when. We interviewed Jürgen Haring because clearly it's still one heck of a physical experience oh, yeah. to drive one of those cars, particularly when the car's not handling handling brilliantly well or the or the grip levels are so bad. And I mean, he said the track conditions were identical to yesterday. It was just that he was on really old tyres. So yes, you can have the driving aids like ABS and traction control, but still you get out and you can barely walk. Poor old uh, Jürgen Haring. I mean, he recovered. And, I mean, he's been racing GT cars for the last, last 10 years or more. Uh, so it's not a new experience for him. But I was reminded, you know, this is not like driving an armchair, these oh, GT3 no, 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 cars. No. Even a GT4 car, if you're driving, I mean, getting the last 5% out of it, just toddling around like I do, is actually not that difficult. But as soon as you're trying to get the, the last 5% out of anything then you, you're working hard and at, at that point you're likely to be inducing mistakes in either the driver or getting to the very edge of the performance envelope and having to deal with what the car does at that point when the car becomes unpredictable. Yeah. And that's the problem that drivers have had this way again, not just the gent drivers but also the pros, Paul, that the first rule of motor racing when you're talking to someone who doesn't drive a lot is Right, if you go up to turn one and you break at the one marker and you turn in at the one marker and you go down to third and you accelerate here, then pretty much everything's going to be the same lap after lap. 
that's not been the case here and that's induced some of these problems. Yes, absolutely. And to my mind, that's actually what makes a good racing driver a good racing driver because he can sense what's the grip that's available. Uh, he can sense where perhaps by modifying his line a little bit, he might find a little bit more grip on another part of the circuit. Um, and it's that ability to be flexible in the way that you approach your racing, which uh, marks out uh, the better drivers. When you look back into what we might think of, what most people might think is classic motor racing, but you know, people of Nick's age and almost us can remember, then um, you, if you look at Formula One before the wings arrived, and you, there's that classic picture of Sir Jack Brabham at Zandvoort, which is going to get a Grand Prix again next year, apparently, um, throwing the car into Tarzan Corner and four wheel drifting the car through the corner. Every lap for those guys was a voyage of discovery because you didn't know what grip level you were going to get as you turned into the corner, whether somebody had lunched an engine or at Zandvoort there'd been a, a gust of wind that had put... put put uh, sand on the track. Which, which is why when we talk about drivers switching disciplines or switching from rear wheel drive to front wheel drive, the response is always, if you can drive, you can drive. And it's yeah. all about that ability to be sensitive to the car's performance. Um, I just wanted to go back to something Joe was saying to, um, about the A6AM class and whether or not the second Herbert car, the 93 car, is in with a, a shout of getting onto the podium. As a result of that pit stop, it fell to sixth over a sixth in class, eighth place overall. So um, from fifth to eighth, and it demonstrates just how strong the A6AM class is um, and how close it is. Because up ahead, as we've said, Stefan Aus now at the wheel of the Herbert car. Up ahead of it is Ingo Vogler at the wheel of the car collection Audi, the number 34 car, only 12 seconds up the road, mind you. Ahead of that is the Zumstein family Mercedes. Uh, Adrian currently at the wheel of the four, number four Mercedes. That's in fourth place. Um, and then ahead of that, you've got the, o uh, the Olim car, which is running in pro. Then Marcus Winkelhock in the car collection Audi uh, number 88. But that is only third in AM because ahead of it, Charles Putman is still in second place in AM. And then ahead of that in AM is Ralph Bone. So AM is so close that uh, it will be a fine result indeed for Herbert if they do manage to get the 93 car onto the class podium at the end of the race. But at the moment, I think it has to be said, it's looking unlikely. Pumpman is coming towards the end of his stint in the 85 cars. So and it's just been passed by Marcus Winkelhock. Just as you mentioned his name, coming into turn 13. And the 88 car goes back up into third position overall. And I was about to say that when Putman comes into the pits, that will allow Marcus Winkelhock through into third place. But Winkelhock's pace, once again, has... Uh, made a liar out of me so well, he's not quite there yet that's put him on the same lap ah, as Potman. right okay and then thank I think you you're that. right when the, when the mercedes uh, comes my in, apologies yeah uh then that will change the position my yes, apologies swaply. good spot johnny yeah so yes they are now on the same lap but uh, so Putman's pit stop will be longer than a single lap and that is what will give uh, marcus the third place overall uh, meanwhile the gap first to second coming down a tiny <laughs> bit but not by much 33 seconds it is now it was 38 at the beginning of the stint um and ralph bone against joseph kral well that's uh, going to go out when the car comes in because turn nine has claimed another victim it's ralph bourne's car this time the 91 car has got another time penalty 
It's going to be one has. This okay, is going to so get costly, isn't it? We, this it, could be the battle of the penalties at the end of the day. It, it certainly will. And did you did, have you not said already that the eleven has got a penalty uh, the, already yes, to take? Yes, I think I don't think they've taken that yet. That'll be the next time as well. So, and I think they may, may have more than one the eleven. So this this is, you know, this is pushing the very very limits of the envelope and beyond, and. And there is a sliding scale for this, so it increases each time you have a, uh, a number of, of transgressions, Paul, doesn't it? I think it starts at 10 seconds, and it, then it starts to move up a bit. It, I think so, yes. I'll need to have a look in the... Uh, there is a, uh, a page in the back of the uh, regulations which does give uh, information about penalties. So, yes, they do have to take a little bit of care, and uh, it's... Fascinating battle this one because uh, it certainly isn't clear uh, to me how it's going to pan out in the closing stages. The key point is going to be at the two-hour mark whether or not we then get uh, a flurry of pit callers because to my mind it does make sense at the two-hour mark uh, to get Robert Renauer into the car which mean, will mean that the Ralph Bone stint will be less than its full length. Um, so Ralph will be in the car uh, just up until uh, the two hours to go mark and then Robert Renauer will take the car through to the finish. He's got enough driving time to enable him to do that. The, uh, Robert has uh, an hour and 54 minutes to drive so uh, as long as they bring him in just after two hours to go then Robert will be able to take the car through to the finish. For Josef Kral, he is due in anyway just after the two hours to go mark. Uh, and then it'll be Malicelli, um, who will have to make a stop before the end of the race, as will Robert Renauer. Um, and it will be a bit of a dogfight between Malicelli and Robert Renauer in uh, the leading two cars. Excellent. That's for the overall battle. And then the third, space over, third place overall, um, it's going to be between CP Racing... Um, although I think they're going to be on the back foot because the car collection car, 88, Marcus Winkelhock, uh, will be able to get some of its time back, but is another car that will need one, two stops. Yes, they both need two stops before the end because Putman is in very shortly and the 88 car will also need uh, two stops to get it to the end of the race. So, uh, so plenty to work out in this one. Leading TCE car coming to the end of another lap, JP. Rick Brokers then uh, leading by a minute and 15, minute and 17 seconds from Fabian Dance, who got the advantage over the now Heist Bessem driven NKPP racing machine after there was a driver change for the number 175 Cupra in the last stop. So that car is on an outlap, and the new top three in TCE. 101 from 112 from 175. James K loses a position on track there, but not a place change within category. So the AC Motorsport Audi stays in fourth position in TCR. The car that's got past him is Akel Rabindra in the in the Aston Martin Vantage, but they are in separate races. Still. Fr frustratingly, I'm sure, for Pro Sport Performance, sitting just off the podium there. Yeah in fourth position they do jump up to second when the pit stop starts because they're going deeper into the race into the pit lane from third third position 
How did they get back into the... Oh, because they, they did... They, they always were. They were, yes. I'd given them... Uh, I'd knocked them back. This is the CP Racing number 85 car. We welcome back to the pit lane and say good afternoon to Nick Taman. Good afternoon, everybody. Back after a, a brief sojourn, cup of coffee, a few blocks of chocolate, and uh, Joe Foster goes past me, having uh, picked up the uh, the reins and the steering wheel of the uh, CP Racing car. Uh, pretty standard stop. Apart from that, quite a lot of effort at scraping out the various detritus that have uh, reached itself into the front air intakes. But uh, I'm not quite sure which Charles got out, but I'm going to go and talk to him. Putman. Uh, it's Putman that got out. CP. And... Uh, I love the way at the end uh, I, I remember many years ago somebody showed me a pop video of a group called ZZ Top uh, and they had this method a popular of popular kind of, beat combo they were a popular beat combo and they had this method of dancing where they kind of swung their arms in a, in a kind of semicircle underneath and that was exactly what Charlie Putman did there as the car went out onto the circuit if uh, CJ can do that on the uh, can get that uh, on the uh, video we'll see whether or not we can see uh, Charlie Putman doing that as the car went out but it was uh, it was very ZZ Topish for those people who go that that, that far um, I think I'm that was the Give Me All Your Loving video. Something like that. Or She Wasn't She Got Legs, can't remember. It was dear old Richard Hay who introduced me to ZZ Top. They used to swing their guitars at one stage as well, and the funny yeah, thing about ZZ bad. Top, of course, was there was a guy called Frank Beard in the band, and he was the only one who didn't have one. Yes, a beard, as opposed to a top. Um, yeah, very good. The... Or a Frank. The Rick Broikers car in the pits number 101 now they will need they're coming into the pits again it's rick coming in early now they're pitting early to keep the lap times up um, i think that's smart they will need two more pit stops to get to the end of the race the 112 autorama vw i think can possibly get to the end with only one more stop as can the 175 car, which has just had a stop. Nick, J Nick James, Nick Damon has news from the pits. A uh, bit of a left field question, Charles. Are you a ZZ Top fan? A little bit. Not crazy, but I kind of like them. Uh, you were, you were, we observed you waving the car away in a give me all your loving sort of way. <laughs> oh, that's sort of like the carrier takeoff salute to Joe. He has some family background that came from carriers, so... Well, exotic carriers in the hot rod. Uh, how was that stint? Uh, at least the weather stayed the same. I think it was uh, a lot better, you know, for everybody. Uh, the second stint, the clouds came in, track temperature cooled off, so it felt a little more like driving a car instead of a skid mobile. Yeah. You got, you're, you're just plugging away, plugging away, getting up to third during the uh, the changeovers. Is it? Is this as far as you can get without someone else making someone else making a mistake? It kind of looks that way right now, and I've, I get to that mode where I think that's all that can happen. And, but, you know, so many times you see drama in the last hour, the last half hour, the last 20 minutes, and everything changes. So we're hoping we're sitting in a good spot and that things will just sit like that. But you never know with racing. Charles, thank you very much. Okay. Second overall in Am. Oh, hello. i got to say hi to Mom and Dad, my number one fans. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Oh, lovely. That's great. I'll say hello to my mum. She's 90 but never watches, so that's fine. <laughs> well, still worthy of saying hello. One of the uh, neighbours might say, hey, your Nick said uh, hello to you on the telly the other day. There's a possibility. Uh, this is going to catch on, this isn't is, it? All started this is, by Synchro Motorsport. Do you want to hear right? how my mother backs my broadcasting career? Yeah, go on. 
A couple of weeks ago, I was in Manila doing the new World RCGP series, the new series for racing control cars. Uh, big thing. And she said, where have you been? I said, I was in Manila in the Philippines. She said, oh, what, doing, doing the racing? I said, oh, no, the radio control. Said, oh, where you all stand there like idiots waving those things at the cars. Yes, Thanks, that's Bob. it. That's precisely it. Uh, I haven't heard it summed up quite as uh, quite as succinctly uh, as that before, but so uh, well done, Nick's mom. Paul, I've lost, I've lost total concentration now. Um, <laughs> the will to live. I thought you were going to say there. <laughs> yeah. Not quite. No, never. Um, the uh, number eleven car does have a uh, pit lane speed limit penalty for when it was coming in. Uh, we just had a penalty taken by the nine nine one class leader when Moilders, uh, in addition to exploring the track limits by spinning off at every other corner, uh, has also been penalised for that. Uh, he's brought the car into the pits, and his lead. Um, Actually, I think he's probably going to be able to maintain the lead because uh, somehow or another, the uh, Duvo racing car has fallen back a couple of laps uh, to the Speed Lover car. So uh, the battle in 991 is going to continue uh, in the 991 class is going to continue, I should say. The 909, the Duvo racing car, has just had a pit stop. So has, as I say, fallen back a couple of laps uh, with the penalty. It's entirely possible that speed level will fall back as well. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the 991 class battle. Uh, in TCR, as I say, that one uh, is going to run and run as well because Rick Broikers has got out of the car after just a single stint. Uh, so I'm interested to know, Nick, what's going to happen with Rick Broikers having done only a short stint? Uh, down with Rick. Uh, Rick, very short stint. Why? Uh, because the tyres are not really holding out well. Uh, so we decided to come in. We are not sure how we will do the rest of the strategy, but uh, we will see. So at this point, you're, what, you're getting, what, 50 minutes out of a set? Yeah, after that, uh, the tyres uh, are not good anymore, and uh, we lose a lot of time on track, so we decided to pit. We're not sure yet if it was the right choice, but we will see. Is that the same for all of you, or as you as the quickest driver, are you suffering particularly badly from it? No, I think it's the same for all of us. Um, I tried to set the tyres maximum, but I also... I had to do some good lap time, so I just had to make, uh, uh, you know, I had to see which one was more important, and um, yeah, we will see how it goes. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. Uh, it doesn't take very long if you're losing five, six, four, five, six seconds a lap, Johnny, to make it worthwhile coming into the pits and, and doing a pit stop maybe five, six, seven laps earlier than yeah, you need to. We, we were having exactly the same discussion earlier on, actually. And, you know, so you and need you put less fuel in as well, so you're standing still in the fuel. True, yeah. You, you need time. somebody doing the sums, working out, right, how many laps, or how much time are we losing per lap with this set of tyres that have clearly started to go over off the edge of a cliff? And if we were to come in, how much time do you lose heading down the pit lane, changing the tyres, fueling the car, but as you say, not putting in necessarily the maximum allocation of fuel, and getting back out again, and then what do you stand to gain with a brand new set of tyres? So it's a careful calculation, uh, but I get the feeling that Trosswell's done it and, uh, and worked out that yeah, coming in maybe eight, nine, ten laps prior to uh, to the usual plan is actually net going to going to get yourself some time. It's what you can do, and what uh, Red Campbell is no doubt doing is looking at what their 
uh, position is because they know how much their own lap times fall off when they go beyond what the tyre can comfortably do. Now, if that's 26 laps, um, last time Rick just did 21 laps, but if they do 26 laps, then they can get to the finish line with just one more stop. So they may be looking at that and they can compare that with what it would do to try and stretch the fuel to do that uh, as a single stint or a long stint followed by a splash. What they can't do is to predict what the 112, the Autorama uh, car, or the Baz Kooten car, 175, is going to do because they don't know how much the lap times are going to fall away for the competition. They can make a guess as to how much they're going to fall away, but it then becomes a bit of a gamble. All you can do is decide on your own car. I think if you... We, down through the years, and even, you know, at the very highest level at Le Mans, we've seen times when races have been lost by teams because they're too busy looking at their competition and they, and they haven't been prepared to adapt to changing circumstances or try something different. And if you do yeah. the same as the other people, you're going to get the same answer. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, it's yes. also it's being proactive, not reactive, isn't it? And saying, OK, well, let's just stick to our plan rather than have to adjust to to what you think is... If you're looking across the way to another garage saying they've got this race sussed and we haven't, then almost you've lost it already. So if you could start to plough your own furrow and say, we'll come out of this better, unless you've got someone who's got... You know, they're shooting socks off and he's doing the strategy for the car down the way as well and well, trying to work out how much time is being lost there. But it's, I mean, it's very complicated because it's moving all the time. And don't forget, in the particular instance we're talking about, the one-on-one -on -one car for Red Camel-Jordan.nl team, they came in here with completely the wrong setup on that oh, car. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they've been fighting that all weekend. Yeah. And so, you know, what they're doing now is they're trying to limit their losses and give themselves a car that is mildly competitive somewhere. Yes. And so in some ways, they've, they've had to do something a little bit different. I think... Um the problem with only concentrating on your own race, John, is that you might end up actually missing an opportunity. Yes, that, um, no, that is true. And so you, you can kind of pick up on your opponent's weaknesses and take, a, take an opportunity if there is one to be gained. Um, so it, it, but it is a fascinating battle, and uh, we'll keep an eye on the uh, lengths of the stints then for the Red Camel Jordans team. As I say, uh, Evo... What's a good stint? What's a, what's a standard stint for a team? CR car then. Right, you go to somebody like um, Anti Bury. Uh, no, let's go to the 112 car. Leading the uh, TCR race at the moment, Carrie Pecker last at Laxanen did 30 laps last time out. Right. Uh, Rick, on his last stint, 21 laps. So it, if you can look after your tyres and make the stint last that long, without the lap times dropping away, right. then it goes back to what Yuri Pesaric was saying. By driving slower, you end up being able to drive slower for longer, uh, and that may be better. But your actual, your your actual average stint average is, yeah. is, is faster yes. by driving slower. By driving which slower. Which sounds completely counter-intuitive. Uh, but it does mean as well that your stint can be longer, yep. and that means that you spend less time in the pits. The problem is that if you have a longer stint, you actually spend longer in the pits because you need to put more fuel in. So the amount of fuel you're using is the same 
whichever way you look at it, it's just that you do it in two stops rather than in a single stop. So, um, but if you can make your fuel last longer, that's all. That means without losing too much time, that's always good because um, you're getting more laps for the same amount of fuel. Exactly. So, um, we'll just go. It's. I. I think I'll be honest with you now, having watched this for ten, nearly ten hours. I think this is all about how you start off your stint on these handcooks. Um, they are an extremely durable tyre. I accept that the track conditions here have been a little bit kooky. Uh, but I still think it's all about your first five or ten laps here. Because we've seen within 20 laps, Johnny, people losing two, two yeah. seconds a lap and then by... Th by uh, but 20 minutes rather and then by 30 minutes you're losing four seconds a lap yeah. so by the time you're 10-15 laps into your stint I, I reckon it's the first five to ten laps if you if you look after your tyres and stay off the kerbs that means you can be a little bit more um, aggressive on your opening tyre pressures and and the and the tyres will last longer it's a bit like when I cook soup at home you want to heat it now through. This I need to hear. <laughs> you want to heat it through gently. You don't whack it up oh, you full don't want to temperature, boil it, no. and then it starts to boil and burn on the bottom of the pan. And then when you're eating it, you get this sort of well, it goes thin a, as well. A burnt taste to it. I hear that. Just gently heat it up. Maybe give it a blast towards the end. And we saw Evo Broikers maybe nine or ten laps into his stint, then did the fastest lap yep. today for the 101 car. Yeah. I remember Paul saying at the time. It doesn't seem like he's gone too early with that. You know, he allowed the tyre to come into its operating window and then pushed about a third of the way into the stint. You have to have a tantric approach to it. Build up slowly, Playing make it the last. long game, John. Build up slowly, make it last. Depends around. how hungry you are. And when you're starving, you just stick it in the microwave for 20 seconds and it'll be fine. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> microwave the work soup. of the devil. <laughs> Uh, Marcus Finkelhock uh, is also the work of the devil. He's uh, coming into the pits fairly shortly, I would suggest, at the end of what has been a good stint. Um, he does have another stint left on his driving time. Uh, he's got another 45 minutes to do, but only 45 minutes to do. Coming into the pits now. And I think so he'll stay in. I think he's going to hand the car over and then get back in for the last 45. Nick Damon will be able to tell us because he's there, I'm sure. Uh, it, it must be close. Uh, the, the question is who you're up against. He's soaking up a penalty at the moment. That was a short, that was a 10 second penalty that the 80 car, 8 car. It depends who you're up against, doesn't it? And where you, where you get the most value for having Marcus in the car. Yeah, they're looking for third place, as is Joe Foster and the CP Racing team. That's the battle for second in A6M, third place overall. Nick? And the 88 comes to its marks, picks up some tyre changes, but there's no driver change. Driver's staying on board. Um, quite a quick stop, actually, and they've managed to get that absolutely as fast as you could. 88 away. So driver stays on. He's going to meander uh, to the right and get into the fuel stop in about three, two, one. Bash, disappears. So a standard second bit of fuel stop. Yes, yeah, so... John was right and I was wrong. Um, Marcus Finkelhock staying behind the wheel. 45 minutes on his uh, total driving time left, which is uh, three hours altogether, is all he's allowed to do. And on this stint, yes, he's actually only spent an hour and 11 minutes in the pits. So um, 
the countdown that you're going to get on his stint is going for his two-hour stint limit, not his three-hour overall driving time limit. Yeah. So we'll have to keep an eye on the um, amount of driving time on this stint for Marcus. Uh, it, it, to be honest, I think that is a call that could have gone anywhere, Paul, because it, you know, I'm, I'm looking at it as who he's against at the moment and whether he can get some track position back. Uh, at the moment, he stretched the before he came in, he stretched the lead back to Joe Foster and CP Racing to nearly a minute and a half. Uh, and if he can put a lap on those guys by the, the end of his stint or, or get close to it, then that, that's going to be really important. Yes, I think the call is going to be that we said earlier on, changing tyres is quicker than changing the driver. So just coming in and giving Marcus a new set of tyres and then sending him on his way makes that pit stop a quicker one than it would have been had they stopped to put another driver in and then stopped later to put Marcus back in the car. So yeah, effect yes, that's effectively two stops for so that Marcus is involved Just in. doing the tyres, given that car collection know what they're doing, they're vastly experienced, can get the tyres off the car, new tyres on the car very quickly indeed. Uh, the great unknown is then how long it takes in the fueling station. I was hearing last night that there is more of a difference between the pumps up at the far end than there usually is. You need yeah. to get one of the right... It's a pair... I can't remember which one it was now, but I was told. Um, but there's one pair which is quicker than the others, and most of the teams will probably know which one that is. Well, um, certainly when uh, Aston Martin Racing were out at Quarter, uh, uh, we timed all of the... the yeah, well, you do, yes. Yeah, you time, you time all of them for a specific amount of fuel, and you work out which one's the best, and that's the one you sit on if you can. And if that one's not available, you move to the next one that's the best. If there's only one available, then obviously it's sensible to take that one and get the fuel in the car normally as Paul says Johnny you're talking about a small-ish variance of maybe two or three seconds mm. over a full fill but here apparently it's quite a lot more right so uh, that's something that you have to take is that in. is that what Olip were complaining about yesterday? yes that that was but I think that was something right. specific on that that one, one particular pump, maybe, maybe the slowest pump. Uh, fourth position TCR car, Stuart Hall coming into the pit lane for the Cupra team of the 107 Munlau competition. And stalking out of the cars, that's probably his time done in this uh, three amateur one professional team that he works with, Munlau competition. The, uh, you say Cupra, no longer a Seat, a Cupra uh, TCR car. Uh, pretty standard stop, the same faffing around with the five nuts you kind of wonder why no one why they haven't just uh, all bought a uh, selection of those special multi-nut screw jobs that uh, synchro have but they've not sold that yet let's grab a quick word with stewie so how was that stuart uh, it's trying to come back i've got to go to the airport now I've, i'll go to barcelona tomorrow for a test in the poor so that's me done you're not even going to see the end of the race no no i've got to go right now i've got a flight in three hours so i've got to do another stint in the car now don't forget to tune in on the internet, find out how you do onto RSL1. You can find out where they become winners. So what are you testing in Barcelona? At the Porsche for Blank Van. Oh, with, um, with the lad? Adam? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot his name, sorry. Benji. Benji, that's right. Yes, he's, he's 16 now. He's allowed to drive. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. You'll probably see him in this championship soon. Is he faster than you yet? Not yet, but he will be. <laughs> so how do you feel your team have gone? The guys are doing, they've, they've, they've done you proud, really, haven't they? Yeah, we're still there, aren't we? You know, um, like I said earlier, it's a new car for all of us. Just getting to learn the tyre, the way the car works, etc., etc. And it's the same for these guys. 
um, long stints as opposed to the, the shorter Aston races they do. So, you know, it's been a big step up. Uh, Tom, David, Chris, they've been doing a super, super job this weekend. And, you know, we're P4, so, you know, it's not to be sniffed at. You know, we're not far off that podium. Uh, you know, maybe maybe next time out in Portimao we can start challenging for it. Second race in this TCR. These are decent racing cars, these cars, aren't they? Oh, it's got four wheels, isn't it? You know, I, I drive anything, whether it's a P1 car at Le Mans or it's a Fun Cup car at Spa or it's a TCR car at Bruno, you know. Um, I just love racing. Um, it's really good to get get to go to the front-wheel drive. I haven't done much front-wheel drive before, so it's really good to get a bit of experience in a front-wheel drive car because you never know what the future might hold, so any mileage is good mileage. Stewie, go get your play, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers, guys. Yeah, you never know what the future might hold. You might turn up in, um, I don't know, world touring cars or British touring cars or... I am told he is doing the VW Fun Cup 25 hours at uh, Spa-Francorchamps next, uh, next month. Next month? Well, no, a month after. Unfortunately, July. I'm in uh, America, otherwise I'd be doing it. Oh, fair enough. Um, Benji, to whom he was referring there, Ben Goethe, son yeah. of Roald Goethe, um, who was at Dubai for uh, the 24 hours meeting, not racing at the 24 hours. He was racing in the Formula 4 race, which was support to the Dubai 24 hours this year. And uh, Ben Goethe has come on uh, in leaps and bounds under the tutelage of uh, Stuart Hall. Stuart speaking very highly uh, of Ben and will continue to do so. And, uh, yeah, so Ben Goethe participating in the Blancpain series as uh, Stuart was saying they're uh, co-driving a Porsche in uh, that series which has featured in the 24H series because the GTX Porsche oh, was yes. in Dubai uh, yes. and raced by uh, Stewie along with Nicky Pastorelli and Jordan Groger I think Groger is the third driver in their Blancpain driving lineup in fact yes, along is. with Benji so uh, we may well see that Porsche again the GT3R uh, Owned by, I mean, is that right? owned by? No, it's a GPX Roll. car, so it won't be one of Rolls. Uh, uh, I think it's Fred Fatian, um, I would yes. imagine. Uh, it's probably owned by Fred Fatian, yes, but uh, uh, Rolls providing the running costs, I do, think. Do I detect, gentlemen, that it's got a bit chillier? Because all of a sudden, the temperature in our booth, which I, I mean, we've got windows open and we've got a bit of a breeze coming through, I think the, the wind's picked up. I think it's got a bit chillier. Nick Dermott down in the pit lane. Uh, air temperature from the gantry is now 19. Oh. That's been 21 for most of the afternoon. But you're absolutely right, John. It's the wind. There's quite a pleasant cooling breeze. It's taken the temperature combined with a bit of uh, on-off cloud cover for the tra track down to 33 from the peak of 47 we saw. So it is getting significantly more pleasant, which I'm certain will be both uh, great for the tired drivers and the tired cars. So, Nick, yeah, it's the breeze more than anything else. Who are you standing next to now, Nick? It's the uh, 103, the seventh overall in uh, TCE. It's, uh, they're having a very late brake change on this. Uh, uh, which, which model of TCR? I have to go look at the nose now. Say it's yeah. a Seat. Yeah, the the Cupra looks the same unless you wander Ex around the front and look at the nose. Extraordinary to see, and I've noticed a few of the uh, cars doing this, a crowbar in through the spokes of the back wheels on that car to knock out the rubber debris. Yeah, it can completely unbalance the tyres. If you look at the amount of crud that's coming off the wheels, yeah, there's a bit of crud. That is glued on. So you can't see this. There's a bit by the valve that is like kind of like a spanded foam you get. Um, you see, they give it a good old go, but look, it's that suck on like glue. But of course, they take all this time balancing the wheels. But you get one big sort of um, 
lump of uh, tyre and uh, tyre debris and actually wheel out of balance. Now, I did mention it a second ago, but they are taking a little bit of time to do the brake change. They've got a dry brake system, B-R-E-A-K system, which means they actually replace the entire caliper at the same time with the uh, pads and then just reconnect it to the, uh, the the line without having to re-bleed the system. So uh, if uh, Seb comes around here, you can see the old caliper and the old pads, and that's a dry brake system. And what that means is it looks much, much easier to change to the units without getting any lack of braking performance. It's a, it's a quick, expensive it's a, thing to do for a car it's like a, it's a quick fit on the brake line is basically what Nick means. It's like a plug and play. Uh, the front left brake was on fire uh, when the mechanic first started taking the caliper off. It bothered him not one jot. No. He just got straight into his job. So this and has been, interestingly, this has been done on the pit lane. We've seen people take these the cars into the into the garage to do this to allow more people to do it but these guys are very well organized and i'm not sure nick that throwing more people at it would have made it any faster uh, no they've done a pretty good job really i mean they've got this through they, they, they'll be they'll be more held up by the fact they've got to put five nuts on these damn but things uh no driver change by the way so the this has all been done with the driver on board which makes me think that they were kind of hoping that the pads would last the extra what two hours and four minutes now they've got to go, the break, the but break. then decide they'd gone wrong uh, and they're adding a bit more fluid. Is it brake fluid they're yep. actually adding? Yep, it's Castro brake fluid. They'll, they'll, have to, they'll have to bleed the brakes back up again. Now, what's interesting is that they're doing that because they put the new calipers on with the brake pads already in. They didn't have to pull the pistons back in the calipers, so it shouldn't be too bad of a bleed on that. I don't think they're going to bleed. I think he's probably just going to repressurise. He's just topping up and repressure. Yeah, Pump the brakes. Uh, that's the whole point of the dry brake system, isn't it? If it works properly, you don't have to bleed the system again. Um, well, you just, well, yes, you just have to fill the bit, last bit of the hose again. Yeah. And now a dip sticking. They're doing a full old uh, fluids check now. This is the sort of thing that uh, the set garage will charge you uh, £95 an hour for. And here's a litre of oil. That'll be £27, sir. Oh! Blimey, that is... The oil's boiling. Oh, dear. Uh, I think the engine was running. No, the engine wasn't running, so why was that Why was that under pressure? It's weird. Uh, quite a lot of them have pressurised oil now. Uh, so that's now coming through. Uh, so a good old service here. Uh, I don't think they're going to stay to get the car washed. Uh, hopefully that'll be a, a gratis service here at... Uh, the Bruno pit lane. Do you think they get a little bottle of water as well? Well, the air, the, air air already <laughs> the air freshener's already gone in, so Excellent. that's good news. Uh, and I think also he's getting the business card of the service manager. Excellent. But this is a good set of service, nice one. I love seeing a, a clever braking solution, but they are still, unfortunately, not at the front of the TCR race. No, currently uh, in seventh place out of eight in TCR. The only car behind them being the Hyundai, uh, which uh, Jan Engelbrecht is uh, back at the wheel of at the moment. Uh, we've had a change for fifth place because Marcus Winkelhock has taken the 88 car collection Audi ahead of Adrian Zumstein in the MDC car. This is in the battle for third place, which is, uh, sorry, for... Yeah, third yeah, first. Well, it's, it's kind of third and fourth. I think... Uh, Increasingly, CP Racing is making third place overall their own, uh, but third in A6AM is still the, the subject of some debate. Uh, Marcus Winkelhock uh, 
I'd say up to fifth place, but shortly that will become fourth place because Olymp Racing coming into the pits with the number eight car, Carol Bass bringing the number eight Olymp Racing Audi into the pits. That will elevate Marcus to fourth. Joe Foster will go as far as he can on his fuel, but it won't be as far. Um, Although Marcus is going to run out of drive time, isn't he, before he runs out of fuel. So uh, Joe Foster and Marcus Winkelhock are then going to have to have their own little battle. Um, but they are separated at the moment by nearly a minute. In fact, yeah, not 50 seconds separates those two. Nick says um, just tyres for the Olymp car, no driver change. So Carol Bats will take that car back out. Right. Um, so there is a good little battle, as I say, going on. Um, and what was the other thing which was, I was going to say, I can't remember what I was going to say the other thing now, but uh, yeah, so Joe Foster and uh, Marcus Winkelhock on probably a similar pit stop strategy. The number eight Mercedes, that was it, the, uh, sorry, the number four Mercedes, the uh, MDC sports car, that will be the next one, I think, coming into the pits. And by the time that has happened, we'll be into the last two hours of the race, uh, which is kind of the signal for Ferrari putting Matteo Malicelli into the car. Uh, and then when we get down to an hour and 55 minutes of the race remaining that's the signal for Robert Renauer to be able to get into the Herbert Porsche uh, and then it'll be gloves off and um, a proper fight to the end of the race as far as the overall positions is concerned TCR I think the gloves have been off for some time lights flashing for Joe Foster who darts in front of the BMW but at five o'clock exactly here in the Czech Republic and other places in Central Europe. That means two hours to go in this year's Bruno 12 hours, the third running of this event, although three years ago, a 24-hour race, of course. Here's the order then in the GT Series. Josef Kral just across the line now to complete 268 laps. He leads by 27.8 seconds then between the uh, A6 Pro leader and the A6 Am leader being Herbert Motorsport with Ralph Bone at the wheel so 11 and 91 first and second third is joe foster in the cp racing mercedes amg and fourth position for the now in the pits olip racing audi r8 lms evo 2019 fifth position marcus winkelhock going very nicely for car collection motorsport sixth place adrian zumstein and uh, though no, not shown on the graphic on the live stream, Winkelhock will take fourth place as he whips across the line. That will be corrected very shortly. Seventh position for the other Herbert Motorsport Porsche. Eighth place is the second of the car collection, Motorsport Audis. And then in ninth place, the GT4 leader, which is still the RTR Project's KTM Crossbow. There are two of those in the race, but it's car 224 driven by Jan Krabic which is the better placed and ninth overall. Don Bastian for Speed Lover, the Belgian outfit, lead the 991 class, which is for Porsche Cup cars. So 978, the 991 leader, by a minute and a half, ahead of Duvo Racing, the Luxembourgish team. 909 then in 11th place. Thomas Jaeger for Hoffa Racing by Bont Motorsport is second in GT4. 13th position is another 991 class car that is the 911 numbered Porsche Lorient Cup car 
Next, 14th, is the GT4 Aston Martin, which is third in class with Indian driver Akal Rabindra at the wheel. And it's ahead of the fourth place GT4 car, uh, Thomas Adelyi for Schenkir Motorsports, which is one of the M4s in the entry, car 409. QSR Racing School is 16th. The 912 numbered Porsche is 17th, although when you combine both GT and TCE, the 912, quite a bit further back, unfortunately, for those guys. And then in 18th position, it's the 226 car. 912 is actually 24th overall. Wockenspiegel team Monschau no longer in the race. In the TCE series, it is the TCR cars that lead, and the leader's just come in, actually, but 112 displayed there as the race leader, which it was a moment or two ago. But Fabian Dance brings the Outer Run Motorsport Volkswagen Golf in. Luke Broikers in second position in the 101 Red Camel Jordans.nl. And Heis Besum 175 is the NKPP racing by Baz Kooten Cupra. Fourth position for the AC Motorsport car, although a couple of laps down on the race leader. The Lestrup Racing Team, the Swedish outfit running a Volkswagen Golf this weekend. Fifth ahead of Spanish outfit Monlau Competition with their Cupra. The A3 leader is the Synchro Motorsport Honda FK8, number 675, from the BMW 240i Racing Cup car of Hoffer Racing by Bonk Motorsport and completing the top ten. The team Hyundai, Denmark, I-30, number 130, is 10th, and 1.30 being driven by Jan Engelbrecht. The only SB3 car in the entry is the team ABBA Racing BMW. That's being driven by Charles Lamb and is 11th in TCE, ahead of the Winkler Tuning BMW, which has had big problems yesterday, i.e. the engine blew, but they replaced it overnight, and it's running third in A3 and 12th in the TCE standings. So 10 hours done, three yesterday and seven today. A further two hours to go then, which will take us through till seven o'clock local time. And perfect time because Johnny finishes the run down. The leader, Josef Kral, is into the pit lane and into the welcoming arms of Nick Damon. And into the crowd, there's about 30 people, or perhaps more, perhaps 40 people from the Scuderia Praha uh, team who are all guests who are all uh, raising their uh, portable telephones or as I to call them rather than mention individual device both uh, Android and I iOS and they are filming away this very slick stop as Joseph Kral gets out and in gets Matteo Malucelli because there's less than two hours to go so he can drive to the end uh, Anti Buri a few minutes ago got into the at the time class leading 112 Autorium Motorsport by Wolf Volkswagen Golf to replacing Fabian Dance and Max Edelhoff has just got into the 34 car collection, but I don't know who got out. Ingo Vogler. Ingo Vogler then? Yeah. And I'll have a word with Joseph in a second. Car's already uh, he's in. He's up here. He's, uh, <laughs> yes, our Joseph is already up here. Uh, already that car is pulling up at the petrol pump, and the guys from Scuderia Praha deciding which pump they wanted, and they wanted the second one from the end. Well, the first one was already taken yeah. by car collection, so yeah. that might have been uh, Hobson's choice. Well, uh, yeah, that 34 car had just rolled out a little bit before. Ralph 
Bourne yet to come round. Can't come in just yet because uh, Ren uh, Robert Renauer is slightly restricted on his driving time. He can't do two hours behind the wheel. He can do one hour 54. So he can come in this time round um, to do his maximum driving time. But to be honest, Robert... Robert's times haven't actually been that much quicker than uh, either of his two co-drivers this weekend. Um, and to be fair to Matteo Malicelli, uh, there have been times when he's not been the quickest driver in the Ferrari either. Yeah. Um, it's been that kind of a weekend. So, uh, as I said, the, um, the dice are being kind of lined up now so that we can uh, Still see... Still no sign of that 91 coming around, Paul. The portion. No, he's due... Where is he? Uh, shortly... Uh, 10 seconds or so he'll okay. be uh, around and say so he may come in this time but uh, um, the long and he will get a, a penalty pit stop as well the Ferrari uh, should have taken one uh, I didn't actually see whether it did um, but the Ferrari then coming in as well um, trying to work out what's going on in TCE Clearly, the task for the Autorama team is to have Anti Bury into the car for the rest of the race. But he I'm being told no penalty taken by the by uh, the Ferrari. By the Ferrari. Ralph Bourne's gone okay. through now and is scored as the leader. Right. So that is another lead change, but still just the four cars that have led the race since we started yesterday afternoon. But that makes 15 changes of lead during the. Uh, Nine hour, sorry, the ten hours uh, thus far elapsed. Bohemian Energy still getting fuel, right? And um, the yes, as far as TCE is concerned, Anti Bury will be taking the uh, Autorama car through to the chequered flag, but will need one further stop. Uh, as far as I can work out. Uh, Red Camel will be also hoping to get the car to the flag with one further stop, but they'll need Luke uh, Breukers to stay out for another 15 laps or so if they're going to manage that and then get Rick into the car for the final stint. Uh, and the third car in that battle is the 175 uh, Geis Bessem driven Baz Kooten entered car. Um, but they are at a little bit of a disadvantage, both he and Red Camel. Uh, they will need another pit stop as well. And at the moment, the 112 Autorama car, although it's been shown in third place, has the advantage by virtue of only having one more stop to make. And just out of the 11, the Scuderia Praha MG uh, Ferrari. It's Joseph Kral. Joseph, we spoke about five hours ago, and everyone was very confused about what the track was doing, what the car was doing, what was happening. Since then, we've had rain, cloud, and cooler temperatures. Do you now understand the car? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I cannot say that we don't understand it. We, we were a bit expecting it because the, as the temperature goes down, I think we are struggling a little bit more, so that was something what we expected. Unfortunately, there is not really what, what, there's not much what we can do. So I was just trying to keep the pace. Unfortunately, the first big, the beginning of the stint was fine. I could push quite hard, but then I got to the traffic and I started to work the tire more, especially the rears, which uh, I felt five five laps after that it starts to be pretty bad. And as the stint went on, I was really struggling with the rear, so I just had to keep the pace somehow and bring the car back, minimize the, the, uh, the problems what we had. How important are those opening laps in a stint to how the tyre responds for the rest of the hour and 20 minutes? I think quite a lot, especially with Hancock. Uh, the tyre is uh, really demanding on a, on a 
on the way how you warm it up. So from this point of view it's difficult. But I think I did everything well. Unfortunately when you have a traffic you cannot really concentrate on how to properly work the tire or you work it too much in a certain moment and from then you cannot bring it back. Talking about the traffic, the track looks filthy offline. There is so much pickup. I mean, I mean, can you go offline? How long does it take you to clean the tyres up again? Or do you have to try and get past the cars almost online? That's what I'm trying. I think everyone does. Because really, when you go offline, there is lots of moles and dust and whatsoever. Really many things. So I'm trying to minimise the time when I'm offline. But when I get offline, in that moment, it's getting quite difficult. I got few let's say not really dangerous but big moments because of that because I got some pickup on the front tire and especially the first corner is demanding when you go in very quickly and you have some pickup on the on the on the front tire it gets really challenging. Joseph uh, we've got Matteo now in for the end and he's gonna have a battle royal Robert Renauer so that's quite a common thing Herberth the uh, Scudia Praha isn't it? Yes, uh, it's quite funny with them, I have to say, because they always look like they're struggling in a, in a three sessions and suddenly it takes like three, four laps and from P25 or whatever, suddenly they are behind us and they are pushing us hard. It's always like this, but uh, we were expecting it, I have to say. So now we'll see. I have to say that they're doing a really good job. I believe the car works, works nice and also the gentleman drivers are really quick. So basically me and Matteo as a pro drivers we are matching their pace which is something what we didn't expect but the race is still long it's probably let's say two, two other sprint races because it's two hours so there's many things what, what can happen. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm glad they've noticed that Herbeth keeps sneaking up from nowhere. Huh. What a lovely bloke. Isn't he a lovely bloke? He always gives a very fair assessment to a race, and uh, there isn't much spin at all from Yusuf Kral. He can call it as he sees it. And I think he enjoys the competition, frankly. I mean, they were really pushed hard last time out over the Easter weekend at Spa for the 12 hours there, and only just a, a pit stop fumble decided it in the favour of the Ferrari, but uh, one heck of a race on once again, just a round later, Paul. Yes, I think you you tend to forget that Herbert running as an AM-class car aren't really in a position to compete with Scuderia Praha, but they end up doing so. Um, and as Josef was just saying, you know, you've got two pro or a semi-pro and a pro driver in the Scuder Rear Praha car. Herbert running with just a single pro driver uh, and one that's limited to doing three hours driving. So, um, you know, Ralph Bone and Daniel Alleman have certainly um, kept that car in a very good position. And the whole team as well, of course, Herbert Motorsport, um, not necessarily an amateur team, running in an amateur class, but uh, uh, as a team, uh, the guys doing the strategy, the guys doing the wheel changes, the guys uh, doing the fuel they're all um, professionals at what they do um, but they're doing so in the uh, environment of an amateur team and uh, they are pushing very very hard and uh, giving their Ferrari a run for its money and this one certainly not over uh, by any means Ralph Bone stays out for another lap at the wheel of the uh, Herbert Porsche Unfortunately, this is what happened last time. Daniel Alleman did the same thing. He stays out a little bit longer. Uh, he loses five seconds on that lap. Um, 
mainly as a result of him having uh, old tyres on the car. If they get him in, get a new set of tyres on the car, then might be able to go uh, more quickly. But of course, the further they can go into this stint, the quicker the pit stop can be, because Robert Renauer won't have to spend so long getting fuel on board, because there won't be so much time. It's Ralph Bourne in the uh, 91 car now. Yes, I said that. I thought you said Alleman, sorry. I said Alleman did the same thing ah. on the previous stint, because uh, he stayed out for longer on the previous stint as well. The one driver ID that is incorrect is number 11 right now because we've just chatted to Joseph. Yes. He ain't ah, in the drama, car. drama. Nick Tierman, we've got a class leader. We have. The Synchro Motorsport car has gone into the pit. Worryingly, there is a drive shaft on the floor on the left-hand side there. Not sure if Seb can show up. But just down there is a drive shaft, which would make me think that possibly there's a drive shaft issue. Um, they got seven laps, which is quite good news. Quick, uh, Dan, uh, drive shaft problem? Yeah, it's actually failed. It was uh, causing some vibration, but yeah, it's actually failed now. So we, we were bringing him in to check from the vibration, but uh, it beat us to it. So uh, hopefully it shouldn't take too long. Ten minutes, we're back out. Because you've got about a 15-minute lead. Yeah. So that's putting some pressure on, isn't it? It is a little, yes. And on that level, I'm going to go and get ready. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks, man. So there we are. So this is our race against time to fit yourself a new drive shaft. And what a polite way to tell you that he really has to go on against something else. Uh, well, done, Nick Damon there was uh, um, the uh, incoming driver. I want to call him Joe Wheeler there in the uh, uh, number 676 Synchro Motorsport. Dan Wheeler uh, waiting to get into the car. Be easier for him to uh, get himself ready and get the drive shaft ready. Unfortunately, uh, a message comes up on the screen to say that the pit stop is under investigation. Uh, I didn't see it go into the pits. Did it perhaps go into the pits under its own steam? Because yeah. um, that is not allowed. Uh, it has to be pushed into the pits yes. um, with the engine off. So um, that could be the problem. Well, we can, thanks to our colleagues at Null Zweisfei Eins, uh, that looks like a car that was pushed into the pit lane so into the pit box so i think that's going to be okay yeah as long as the engine was switched off when that was done then yeah. uh, that um should be okay the uh, tv camera is not telling us whether the engine was uh, switched on or off but uh, anyway so that should be all right um as uh, John and Johnny were saying, uh, that car currently leading the A3 class and had a seven-lap lead in the class when it came in. So waiting for Ralph Bone to bring the Herbert Porsche in for its routine stop. And at the same time, trying to monitor what's going on in TCR. Luke Breukers is in the lead of the class, but uh, he will be trying to make the tyres last as long as possible and keep the lap times up uh, or keep the speed up keep the lap times down 2 minutes 20 was his last lap time compares to a 2 minutes 16 best he's currently done 17 laps so it may be that Luke Breukers is deciding the tyres aren't good enough yeah. Nick, uh, Nick Damon are they expecting well, the 101 yes. in as you started talking uh, two tyres were laid out, obviously front tyres, the 101. Uh, Rick Breukers suited and booted, and therefore Luke will be coming in. They are burning through those tyres. Because I did the interview with uh, Luke, uh, sorry, with, with Rick when he got out, and I haven't been in here that long, so that no. is a quick turnaround. 
17 laps is all that uh, Luke has been at the wheel for. So here that's, comes th that's three laps, four laps fewer than the, they did the last time. The, they did the 21, Rick, yes, you said, yeah. Uh, here comes the race leader, Ralph Bone, Herbert Motorsport, into the pits. Um, whilst Rick Roikers is waiting to get into the leading uh, TCE division, or what was the leading TCE division car, we've got the overall uh, race leader in the shape of the Porsche. And poor old Nick Damon is caught between a rock and a hard place because he needs to be in two places at once. Uh, he's heading down <laughs> to the leader in the race, Nick Damon. <laughs> I've lost Seb. the cameraman, Seb. Come on, Seb, let's go. <laughs> let's run. Come on. Be free. Uh, as. Uh, Luke Broikers goes past me on the right-hand side. Yeah, full service for the Herberth 91 car, the uh, little car that can, the machine that turns up when no one's expecting it. Uh, like the Spanish Inquisition of a car, isn't it, really? No one expects the Herberth to be in the lead, but it always is. Ralph Bond out and watching. Robert Renauer now already on board. Looks like we've got a recalcitrant rear left and a arms lifted in frustration by uh, Ralph Bond. They're now changing the guns. This possibly might cost them the chance of the win because this is uh, about, perhaps 10, 15 seconds they didn't want to lose for no reason. Car dropped down and away it goes, but they have lost, I reckon, 10 to 15 seconds with a sticky rear left. And another car that didn't take the penalty that we thought it was going to take uh, into the pit box either. So into the penalty box either. So um, some penalties probably are going to be assessed at the end of the race, which means that what we see uh, on the road may not be what we see as the final result. But with that extended pit stop for Herbert, it does hand what is potentially quite a big advantage to Scuderia Praha. We have the eye in the sky above the penalty box. And uh, Natasha tells me, sorry, Natasha tells me that the 91 did do the penalty. It did, okay, yeah. right. Well, it did do a penalty. Yeah. Right, okay, so uh, that means that what we see on the track is going to be what we have in real life. Uh, that helps a lot. Uh, what's happening meanwhile up at Red Camel is that Rick Broikers is already into the car, and I would guess, Nick Lame is going to tell us, the car is already on its way to the refueling area. I'm with the Porsche. Right, okay. I'm mixing with the leader. I'll go and that's talk fine. to Luke no, no, after no, no, this. No, no, that's fine. No, no, it's more important to talk to Ralph Bone, I think, because... Uh, a second. I, I think that's more important from the overall, or rather the GT section of the race. Deep in conversation at the moment. It's Ralph with Daniel Allerman, though, so uh, Nick Damon going to have to wait his turn. And here we go. It's your uh, turn. Ralph, you've put in a long stint. You've driven brilliantly. How frustrating is it to see that time wasted when the rear left was sticking? Well, uh, it was a normal stint uh, just for the beginning. Uh, it was 1.15 or something like this, just a normal fill up. And now sometimes uh, such things happen uh, that a wheel is not going down or other things. So no problem with the team. They did the best. And uh, I think uh, only as team we are able to go up like we do today. Uh, we didn't see you as you came in. Did you take the penalty or did you come straight in the pits? Yes, I took a penalty for 10 seconds, uh, but my team manager just told me there's another one, uh, which I'm uh, uncertain uh, of because it's, uh, sometimes it's tricky when someone is getting out and we are passing. We have to left uh, the track in, in order to avoid a collision, so maybe this was one of the issues. 
What's the strategy now? Um, is there anything you can do apart from just Robert staying and go as fast as possible, or do you have any tricks you can still pull? Well, all tricks are out in the end, so Robert is now in the car and he will do the rest of the race. Well, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Thank you. So, our calculations here from Mr. Trusswell. But no surprise to anyone to know that uh, the sums were done right. And similarly, down at Herbeth, Herbeth Motorsport, exactly the same. So, that we will have him into the end. Robert yes, that, that car, though, is still up in the refueling area. So, it's not yet rejoined the race. And we're now four minutes into the pit stop from when it came in uh, and broke the timing. Just rejoin now. Right, so the total pit stop then 427. for uh, Herbert, 4.27 compared to 3.26, that's a minute in total, uh, with the penalty that Ralph Bone described that he took, plus the delay on the left rear, plus the refueling. Uh, Robert Renauer, is he going to have enough fuel to get to the end of the race from here? He might just have enough fuel to get to the end of the race. Uh, Ferrari will really? certainly... An hour and 40? It, well, if they've got 120 litres into it... Ah, yes, uh, yes, it yes. Will go, it will go... Uh, it, it will be tight, um, but I think that might be their aim to try and get it to the end of the race. Uh, I'm just looking at the pit stop offence that... Uh, is alleged against the Synchro Motorsport Honda. Um, it is to do with refueling rather than uh, going into the garage. So my suggestion that it might have been going into the garage. Oh no! Wait a minute! I'm in the wrong, the right page. Trust well. Um, Okay, uh, 21.2.5 pit regulation is team members must remain inside the pit's garage and not unnecessary in the pit lane area when the car is not in the pit lane uh, is the regulation that is under discussion for Synchro right. Motorsport. Okay. Um, so let me just go back to the front of the field here because I'm intrigued by this. Uh, we've seen people struggling to get um, a normal stint out of a set of the tyres here today. And the roll of the dice for the win now for Porsche is that they are finished in terms of coming down the pit lane, Johnny. And therefore, so long as they don't fall a pit stop in time behind Matteo Malicelli, they think they've got this race won. Because Malicelli's got to stop again. Yeah. Yes, uh, but it really depends how much fuel-saving Robert Renauer can do, because it's not as if he can go gung-ho from the start. I'll help the tyres, though. Well, precisely. We know from a tyre point of view that's not a good idea, and certainly, even if the tank is fuel full of 120 litres, it's going to be touch-and-go, as Paul says. So, um, I love it. If that's, if that's what they're going to do he's to gonna try and win the race... fleet of foot, isn't he? Uh, but but what, yeah, what, what will great. happen is Malicelli will stop and he's, he's likely to fall back behind Renauer. And then, with newer tyres and no worries about fuel management, he'll be chasing him down like the clappers. Mm -hmm. It's it's like a handicap race. Oh, hang on now, Didn't that, isn't that what happened at Spa? It's very similar. A little bit. Um, a little and, bit. The, the biggest issue is going to be the tyres for Robert um, to make them last the, uh, last the distance. I so think the Porsche, however, is way better on its tyres than the Ferrari is. We saw that this morning. Yeah, I think that's probably uh, probably true. So uh, that that's the uh, the interest as far as the 
overall battle for the lead is concerned. <laughs> the battle for third place, Marcus Winkelhock has eight minutes of his maximum four-hour driving time still remaining um, by uh, a new system. So if it's wrong, uh, I apologise, but I think it's working. Uh, eight minutes uh, of his maximum driving well, time. Well, that take him allowed. to one hour's 56 in this stint anyway. So the, I, I, don't, I don't think it, right. that... There's not much wiggle room there, is there? Because you don't so, want to get caught on a on a code 60. I reckon he's got maybe two more laps. Yeah, uh, and so that will then be bringing the 88 car in ahead of the 85 uh, CP racing car. I, I mean, ahead of, it'll be bringing it in first. Joe Foster, who is ahead in the race, will be able to stay out longer. Um, and then they have Charles Espenlaub. What do they call him? The Python Strangler or something? Um, Python Wrestler. Um, Python Killer. Python Killer. Oh, OK, thank you. Um, Charles Espenlaub, the Thank quickest... God I stopped him when I did. That could have got very, very embarrassing. <laughs> the quickest driver of the team. Then I think the team would be happy to admit that, uh, getting into the car. So things looking good for CP Racing. Uh, Olymp are next up in the overall positions with their day glow yellow and black Audi, the number eight car. Carol Bass has been in that car for an awfully long time, um, but they will be due another pit stop uh, ahead of... No, that uh, they will be able to stay out longer than the 93 Herbert Porsche, because the 93 Herbert Porsche will probably be the next one to wow. stop. Two or fourth zero last time around for Malicelli. He knows he's in a race here, and he's got the hammer down. But a two or four six from Robert Renault. That's not really easing his way into this stint. Johnny Palmer shaking his head. Well, you just think, OK, start off gingerly, Robert, because you've got a lot of fuel to try and find during this stint and some tyres to look after and he's only a couple of tenths slower than Manicelli who's certainly not hanging around doing a 2.04 so maybe they don't think they could do it on this one fuel load How many more laps for Manicelli, Paul in the Bohemia Energy Ferrari number 11? Uh, on, this, on this stint yeah. uh, he can go many laps he's only been out for nine and he can probably do something like 30 um, so he can't get to the end of the race um, but he will go as far as he possibly so can so he's going to have about half an hour at the end of the race yeah if if the if the if he doesn't come in first yes i mean everybody is still hanging out for there being a code 60 um, because if you can have your code 60 oh. then you can you can make your pit stop and you can make your advantage. And people won't be assuming that just because we haven't had our code six up till now that there isn't one before the end of the race. You can't. can't. You've got to stay out just in case there's a code 60. And Malicelli will be doing exactly that because otherwise they will get jumped by the Herbert car. Vincent Rademacher in the 188AC Motorsport Audi. That car a little further down than I think they would have hoped. Always one of the front-running teams. But Rademacher has driven the wheels off that crossed the line last time around he was only three tenths of a second uh, behind Tom Black and he's gone round uh, the Tom Black Monlau competition 107 car so that's a position made for him he's now up into fifth and uh, in the TCR category that is new fastest lap for the car for today for Robert Renard 2037 so right this is the race this is the race I can't believe they think they're going to get to the end at this pace no. so they're not going to win so they're not going to win
because they can't make up that pit stop they've just had, that four minutes. They've both got a pit stop to make. Yes. The run hours will be shorter. So what's he got to get down to? Something in the... He's got to make up a couple of minutes, and I can't see him doing that. So Bohemia Energy win the race. Might as well give them the trophy now. Uh, Robert Renal will be second, but they'll win arms. So they both got top points. Let's just have the podium ceremonies now. No. No. Because we nothing all ever happens. Motorsport doesn't work like that. <laughs> and yes, we can plot the trajectories of both cars, but uh, you know we're not fortune tellers. And I mean, something's going to go wrong, surely. Uh, <laughs> well, it always does. <laughs> I was going to say, and even if it doesn't, then you have to watch just in case. Um, I, I, always been my uh, mantra with uh, with watching cricket, which I used to do as a young boy, and that taught me that uh, you, you need to watch all the time because you don't always have action replays. Je uh, Jeffrey Boycott always used to say, "Add two wickets and then have a look at the score and yes. see how it's going." Well, in this case, it's add an unexpected pit stop. Marcus Finkelhock, uh, a not unexpected pit stop, comes in with one minute and 53.855 seconds remaining in his stint. <laughs> so that wouldn't have been enough to do a lap. Um, so that was as far as Marcus could possibly have gone. Jürgen Hari is uh, replacing him, Paul, as Marcus gets out, as you say, in the last bit of uh, time he could have. Name bright orange car, bright orange number four on the side. That's their position in the overall uh, GT race. But they'll be what, third in hand at the moment. Car about to go down. Very good stop, that, including the uh, drive. Oh, no, I'm about to say that. They've completely uh, jinxed it because they put the car off the uh, jacks before they'd finished the rear right wheel. So, uh, wheel's getting sticky this time of the race. And, uh, again, the good work of the driver completely wasted by a minor mechanical problem. Um, is that what happened? Well, they actually have forgotten to change either of the right-hand tyres because I'm on the left-hand side of the car. Now thinking about it. And what should have been a really quick start has... And now they can't find a gear. So this is turning into a comedy of errors rather than a slick oh, pit stop. Dear. There it goes. Uh, let's pretend that wasn't a disaster. Yellow flags out of the circuit, seven and eight on the far side of the track for us. So something's gone awry out there. Uh, Joe Foster and CP Racing, by the way, will be breathing a little sigh of relief that there was a bit of a fumble on that car collection motorsport pit stop we are missing the abba bmw in sector two right um, my screen Sam tells Neary me behind the wheel of that car possibly uh, the yellow flag is connected with that mm -hmm. well uh, the red camel jordan nl cupra is at turn okay. three and four at the moment nick we have the Synchro car about to rejoin the race. Ah. So how long was that to change the drive shaft? Uh, in 19 minutes, let's call it, since it came into the pit lane. It still leads the class. And just try to avoid. But the 175 NKPP car is also in again. That uh, stopped from the lead of TCR. And obviously it's running a much longer strategy. That will also stop the fuel. So... The ABBA BMW is at the side of the track and interestingly the 175 car there didn't take any fuel so we've got a problem for the ABBA car the 175 hasn't taken any fuel in TCR and uh, we've just seen the Synchro team come back out again with most of their seven lap lead um, lost nothing happens in the last hour and a half John. never never ever uh, Sam Neary's out of the car by the way that looks like a mechanical failure certainly not accident damage 
still local yellow there. Uh, I'm deeply concerned that uh, 175 NKPP didn't take fuel, Nick. So um, if Baz Kooten can tell you why, he's usually fairly forthcoming. Uh, Geis had done 27 laps um, and would be looking to, if he had gone for fuel, get enough fuel to get to the flag from here. Um, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, have... I would ask Baz, but he's not here. Well, um, phone him up. Okay, I'll, I'll do that for <laughs> you. Uh, no, it was, it was very weird because certainly there weren't enough cars in for the, the uh, fuel stalls to be full. Perhaps there was an issue. Perhaps they hadn't got the uh, refuelers down to the end. I'm not sure. But the car came in. I didn't see the stop because I was watching the 88 stop. It would come in and then trundle on again. Okay. Uh, so how long had he been out prior to that stop? Uh, 27 laps. Right, so a proper stint then. It's Weird. a proper stint, yes. And the only hope will be that they're going to come in again and get the fuel later. Um, but I don't quite see what benefit that would be because you'd put as much as you can in on this stop. They're and hoping for a code 60 for this car, aren't they? Yeah, but you would have gone in anyway because there isn't a code 60 and you can get your full fuel allowance. Nah, so, uh, yeah, it, it makes yeah, no sense yeah. at all. Um, and I think if we were going to have had a code 60, we would have had it by now um, because the uh, ABBA BMW is attached to the tow truck. The tow truck is moving, and so is the BMW, to a place of safety, from which point it may be brought back to the pit garage. And poor old Richard Neary and his crew, having had, what did Richard tell us, stayed up until two o'clock in the morning fixing the car last night. Um, when I told him it was going to save him some money going to the restaurant, he said, uh, we weren't planning to anyway, we eat in the, in the pit. So, so uh, very much a, uh, a do-it-yourself kind of uh, pit area at uh, ABBA Commercial Racing. Antibury back to the lead of TCR, and yes, he's done that on the track, but is there are concerns for 175? Then the 112 could be in a very good position here, the Autorama Motorsport by Wolf Power Racing Car. Three minutes and nine seconds for High Specimen the last time around. So, I mean, he's lost nearly that a were, minute there. That was an outlap, though, I think. Uh, oh, yes, of course, we heard it didn't take, take, take time. Fuel. Uh, take fuel, yeah. Mm. Yes, but he hasn't was, come back in again. No, and it was neither one thing nor the other. It was a 55-second pit stop. Um, so, yes, he didn't take fuel. The reason why it was a three-minute lap was purely because it included yeah. a, a funny run down yeah. the pit lane. Um, answers on a postcard, please. Uh, RSL underscore studios. Yes, absolutely. Um, Malicelli still pushing on, 105.8. But Robert Renauer taking a second out of him last time around, 105 flat. I mean, this is, this is cracking stuff. They're separated by pretty much a, a lap on the track at the moment, but they are trading lap times and pushing so hard, considering we've done one... 11 and a half hours of the race, Nick. I have the 175 answer, just to ask the boys on the wall. Uh, they only need to make one more fuel stop. Yes. So they're going to run it light uh, now, and then when they come in, they're going to get the uh, full fill the next time with their final stop, and they'll be able to get to the end. So that, they'll be that was the 175, was yeah, it? 175 Thank NKPP. So nothing to worry about, all in hand. Uh, let's see where they end up. Okay. And I understand that because 
if they've got fuel in hand, Johnny, use it now, and then if there's a cord 60, you dive in and do what you can. Uh, 91, under investigation for exceeding track limits at turn 12. Both of the leaders still have penalties to serve. And I'm not sure that we, we get them sort of ticked off, Paul, do they? There's not a list where the, the penalties get ticked off. Uh... Theoretically, there is a screen, but it depends on somebody uh, populating uh, said screen. Right. Um, what we normally get is information from the timekeepers to tell us uh, whether or not there are any pending penalties that will affect race positions. In anything that's earned in the last two hours, of course, you don't have Correct. to serve them. You can wait till the end of the race. Uh, and then they get added to the race results. And as I say, oh. timekeepers will tell us if any of those affect uh, podium positions. Ugh. Things looking very good for CP Racing. I hope not jinxing oh, by saying so. Can't um, believe it's just. Joe, well, no. Um, the Joe Foster is uh, continuing to run very strongly, and uh, has still laps in hand before he's due for his what will be final pit stop to hand the car over to Charles Espenlaub. Um, and Joe probably in within the next 10 minutes, I would say, just before the uh, top of the next hour. We're currently at 22, 20 minutes to 6 o'clock. The race runs through until 7 o'clock. And the 91 time penalty is cons confirmed for exceeding the track limits at turn 12. Now, is that the same penalty that Ralph Bone was telling Nick Damon about that he no, thought he might have? No. Or is that an additional one to what we previously yeah. thought might have to be the case. Well, Ralph Bone was suggesting that a penalty he thought was uh, being assessed was to do with getting into the pit lane and obstructing somebody else, yeah. being on the wrong side of the track as you came out to, as you come out of turn 14 and head for the pit lane. So, but but we never did know whether Ralph knew the real reason for the penalty or whether he was just guessing. So, well, potentially two penalties now for the 91 to soak up and. It'll have to come in for another stop the way that uh, Robert Renault is driving the wheels off it. No hint of fuel save mode for the German driver just yet. We've had more penalties here today than the playoff semi finals. You're right. We do, we do have a new race director. I wonder if that's got anything well, to do with it. Well, he's stamping his authority. Um, I think you've got to make sure that people know if you are um, new to the. Uh, I mean, the top own, job, he's been deputy yes, for your plenty own, of time. Your own has, uh, has certainly been there and uh, knows the drivers and knows what's going on. But uh, for the first time, he is in charge, he is headmaster, uh, and he wants to make sure that uh, drivers know what's acceptable, what's not. If he applies a penalty uh, and people then don't learn, he's got no option but to apply the penalty again. Yeah. Uh, Nick Dearman with... Uh, some important news. Well, I was walking down the pit lane, as one does, and uh, <laughs> popped my head into the KTM pit, because I saw, I could see uh, our best mate, Thomas Enger, but there was a, a sort of a nine-year-old in the 226 cars uh, driver's seat, that I thought was a, a novel idea, uh, but actually it's a rather sad idea, because uh, the car has scratched, so it's now being used for promotional purposes, only that car's had a bit of a torrid time, and they have retired the car, and now if you have a small child, you may take a picture with him and Thomasing. Ah, okay, very good, very good. A one-one-two Autorama Golf getting squeezed. Oh dear me, what was 
Carol Baz thinking, and that's contact there. He might pick up a penalty there. Baz coming from a long way back. He's had a great run, Carol Baz. He's been super quick in that Olymp Racing A6 Pro class car. The Audi of Olymp Racing. But he came from too far back there into turn six when uh, the VW was already committed and Antti Burry, who's not exactly a rabbit, uh, had really had nowhere to go. I think that's uh, a jolly good reason for having the position markers on the side of the car because uh, no excuse at all for Carol Bass there to know that uh, it, it wasn't just any old VW Golf that he was trying to that's pass, but the TCR leading car, or the TCE division leading car. Um, but uh, Antiburi then in the lead of the TCE division, car number 112, he has a lead of what six seconds over Geis Besson who has just set that car's fastest lap yep. of the race um, very light on fuel as we know that the fastest lap in TCR I think it might have been uh, we didn't get a 16 yesterday I don't think Paul 217.028 uh, I'll have to look yeah, up we did oh did we did we get a 16 yeah low 16 and in fact we've been faster than that in TCR today we had a 15 earlier yeah 15.3 right yes you're right from uh, for no, we did Stuart, Stuart Hall. Hall. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, we didn't. A low 16 we got oh, yesterday. Sorry, yes, yes, yes. I'm looking in the wrong column. 16-0. We've had a 16-0 today from the Lestrup Racing team. Yes. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure. yesterday. Yeah. The uh, number 188 two uh, yesterday. I presume that was Radamacher on board. Uh, Radamac has done a 2.14.8.24 yeah. today. Today. So, uh, yeah, sorry. I was looking at the wrong column. That was why I was... Uh, uh, set in the wrong direction but uh, in, in any event uh, Guy Spesson is pushing on very hard in the Cupra um, and unfortunately for the guys at Red Camel um, they seem to have been out fumbled a little bit by the need to pit more often uh, in order to avoid wearing out the tyres too much uh, 93 is in the pit lane and uh, Nick Damon is there. Uh, just to let you know, by the way, that the stewards are looking at the contact between the number eight of Carol Bass and the 112 Golf of Anti Burry. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind if any finger is to be pointed and blame is to be apportioned, it's going to the Audi driver there. Nick, what do you have? Uh, just the 93, the, just uh, the 93. quiet of the Herbert cars. After the 91 stealthing its way into the uh, top of the table, now they've got the 93 doing a similar thing. That's uh, been taken over by Zelko Drimic and I think it was Stefan Oust who got out of that car. Correct. Um, uh, and also, we, it was a bit of a panic. It was just before they were about to go to the pit stop, the uh, the, Nissan, the small Nissan tugboat uh, was coming down here pulling the uh, ABBA racing car. And it was about to drive right through their pit setup. So it was pointed rather uh, aggressively to a different direction. And it only, the ABBA car only just cleared my foot uh, as the uh, other car arrived. It wasn't about to run my foot over, but it was like only about two seconds in it. We were that close to a major pit lane incident. You're building your partner. I know, I'm sorry. I, think, uh, <laughs> I, th I, think, I think the best that the 93 Herbert Porsche can hope for is fifth in A6 Am. Oh, oh the 107's in the kitty litter. 
And that is Tom Black out of fifth position now in then. TCE. That is turn five. Yeah, turn five and six. And the snatch tractor is on its way. Now, did he jump or was he pushed? Went off oh, he just own. went. He Very just understeered one. off and couldn't get it back. I just... Oh, well, local yellows might just about cover that. Exit of turn five, heading into turn six. The Manitou's already there. And Tom Black will be kicking himself. Tom has had a cracking day in that car today. Stuart Hall driven very, very well indeed. And the Code 60 is out. The Code 60 is out. Nick Damon, on your toes, fella, because everybody's coming in. Now, what we need to know right now is where everyone is on the track. I've just seen the 91 car go past at turn five. So they are a long, long way away from the pit lane. Where is the number 11? They're, they're behind it. So the 91 car is going to get the first chance of the leaders to come into the pit lane. And with one hour 13 to go, they will not need a full tank of fuel to go from here. That Porsche, they can do half a tank and that will get them to the end. Pit lane, Nick Damon has come alive. It certainly has. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine sets of tyres already laid out. Now, the one team this is not necessarily going to be great for is the um, CP Racing car, which was obviously about time to come in, but obviously needed a full tank of fuel or more than half a tank. So this might not play into their, uh, their hands. The first cars roll down the pit lane and they're a pair of uh, BMW. Certainly, no, BMW and a Porsche. And it's the uh, 409, the uh, Czech team uh, M4, and the 978 uh, Porsche. And with the SEAT already moved, I'm hearing from the track officials, I can see in the screen, this could be a short stop. Now, this could be played in an interesting way. The remaining KTM comes down the line. The Hopsch Swiss, uh, the, the, the brothers and the father with the Mercedes car number four. The, the who? Fuel. Zumstein. 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 Thank you very much. I knew it wasn't Zumstein. Nick, just, just um, to let you know that the 91 Herbert car is just coming out of turn 11 and 12 now. In comes Geese. Well, this is beautiful for Geese Bessem and, well, and the 175. Will half a tank do them is the question. Well, it'll yes. do for now. Uh, and they've done the driver change. Now, the other question is that as a number of cars have gone straight past me not getting tyres, even though there are eight pumps for just uh, thir 29 cars that are still running, 28 because the Hyundai is having an extended stop in the pits, three more cars come uh, towards me now, which is the Pro Sport uh, number one, Aston Only Martin. two pumps taken. Only the two pumps taken at the moment. In fact, make that only one pump taken at the moment is the BMW, the NK... PP are away, 909 uh, Porsche, 912 Porsche. Here comes the 103. 107's moving again. The car that caused the Code 60 is coming, uh, is moving again. Malicelli has see. gone by. Malicelli's gone by. Has the Herbert Oh, no, he hasn't. By. Sorry, no, he hasn't. That was no, the Herbeth last lap. Herbert are coming in. Herbert are coming Ooh, in, definitely. Dear me. Uh, the Herbeth car trundles down the pit lane, now goes through pit entrance and takes the penalty. Herbeth takes ah, the penalty. That, right, that's interesting. Behind so somebody else. Uh, it's behind the 34. Car. It's behind uh, the 34 car that's so taking the penalty. So they double, double time, double time mm -hmm. on the penalty. But that's still worth doing. 
Here comes Malicelli. He's in. He yep. doesn't have to take a penalty. Yes, he does. He's got penalties to he's take. He skipped it. Not has taken he? the penalty. Right, okay. It might be because he's the box put another is sort of full. Right, so he's put another lap on the 91 car in the pit lane there. Yep. And he's coming down and he's getting tires. So Malicelli is, is getting tires. Uh, With an hour the CP racing door. cars in as well. That was almost a scheduled stop. So the 85, the CP car comes in from uh, either third or uh, third in class. So away is the 34, moving the car collection car. Now moving is the 91 as well, the Herbeth car. Herbeth are Super taking quick fuel as well, taking tyres as well. Super so, quick stop for the yep. Bohemia, Bohemia Ferrari. in for fuel And there now. is a spare pump. There is a spare pump for Bohemia, but if the two cars go in behind... They that have. Will, right, they've, that, there's no spare pumps now. The 188 goes past. The 85 goes... Oh, and the 91, the 85 are having a race down the pit lane. That's the CP Racing and the Herbert. The CP Racing is just ahead. This is going to be injured because I'm sure, I'm sure Renauer knows there's a shortage of pumps. Is he going to... Is he he gonna, has uh, to drop behind. He has to drop behind. He has to. He must have thought about that because that is an issue now. If it's full, this is where it's all going to go it's wrong. It's full and there's people queuing. Oh, there's already down. two people queuing. Oh. Uh, and now the 34 car moves into position. So both the 85... Well, oh, the 85 is going to roll straight onto a pump. They've just arrived at the right time. But the uh, remaining crossboat is heading to a pump. Oh, and the 91's going to get a pump as well. So that's very <laughs> lucky. They've just rolled in at the right time. It's like, that it's that like, was sheer good luck. Johnny Palmer, you could not have scripted that. They couldn't have known that. No, and amazingly, the Herbert team were waiting at the yellow line, which is the, the give way point, or the stop point, when all the pumps are already full. But then the team went, no, 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 there's one free now. Just keep going. And I don't think it broke his run into no. the pit area at all. So no time wasted there. Uh, but obviously the Ferrari has skipped ahead in the pit lane because it didn't have to take any penalties and the Porsche 91 did. Except that if you don't know which pump you're going to be using, you have to register the pump that you're going to use in order for the system to know how much fuel you're taking on board. Oh um, Blimey, so okay. very difficult Blimey, indeed Charlie. for Herbert. But I think they made uh, the best of a bad job there. Um, and um, But you're absolutely right. I mean, it was, uh, it was purely a question of luck and the way that that panned out but you've got to be so quick on your feet Rick Breukers has come in in the in the third place TCR car no fuel just four tyres for the 101 with an hour and eight minutes to go so this is completely reset all of the calculations and out goes Rick Breukers into the code 60 uh, the track the reason for the code 60 continuing by the way is that the track is being swept uh, because there was gravel dragged onto it by the returning number 107 Cupra. Nick Damon? I just got one question for Paul, because the only thing that could still make this uh, a more of a, ru a random roulette is will this half tank of fuel get the Ferrari to the end? That's, that was going to be my question as well. I think it's going to be I tight. I, I. It will be tight. Um, and the answer is I'm not sure because you can't work these things out always because you don't know how much fuel it had on board in the first place. Yes, exactly. Um, but you, but, it, you, but what we can, I think, say, Paul, now is that the 91 car is fueled full fat to the end of the race with a new set of handcuffs, so they won't come in again. Correct. So, yes, and, and if, even if Malicelli has to come in, he's not going to need a full tank and he probably no. won't even take tyres. He'll just go straight for a splash of fuel. Now, 
yes. if you come back in again, if it, uh, this code 60 going way longer than we thought it would. If yeah, you and they, they will be, fuel, and they will come be, back in again. And they will be saving fuel uh, whilst the code point. 60 is on. He's not yet and, at turn five, though, Nick. He's not halfway around the track. The leader I'm talking about here. And time goes very quickly when you're in code 60 because it takes so long, five minutes plus, to do a lap of the circuit. Um, so whilst your calculations may have been to go into a 3.20 lap race, all of a sudden you're, you're not because you've... You lose a lap or two as a result of the fact that the race is under code 60. As the leader comes into turn seven, which he's about to do now, the second place car is in the short shoot, the straight between turns four and five, and he's right smack dab bang in the, the middle of it. Nick? 112 comes in from the lead of TCR anti -Burry, correct. TC anti -Burry. Uh Stopped his pit stall. Uh, they had a check. They checked everything, waved him on. He'll be fueled to the end. Uh, where he goes around now. This is obviously what this now means effectively is, is pretty much at the end of this code 60 with an hour and four minutes or five minutes of race to go. Uh, I'm going to be pretty redundant, really, because everyone's done their work, haven't they? Um, I'll tell you one thing. Thanks, Nick, for the moment. Um, I'll tell you one thing, Paul. Uh, with under a minute to go at the end, so that could be any time in the next minute. This has been a bit longer than I thought. If there was any fuel worries for the 91, this might have been enough to get them to the end. They might have been better staying out and, get, and getting the time back on Malicelli. Uh, by virtue of uh, the reduced speed under the code 60. Yeah. I, don't, I think they'll know that better than me. I mean, uh, I think they'll have known how much fuel they could have saved. But equally, they didn't know how long the code 60 yes, was going to exactly. be. And when you're making the call, do we come in, do we not come in? You don't say, oh, no, it's going to be a 10-minute code 60. Uh, we'll be able to make the fuel right. stretch. Listen very carefully in the background. Very, very quiet tick over of the Bohemia Energy. Scuderia Praha, number 11. And there is the green flag goes. The engine notes pick up and we are back to green flag and very, very slow. Matthias Lezowski in the Olymp Racing Audi was sound asleep there and gets absolutely mugged. Lovely job by the number 110, Emil Salberg in the Lestrup Racing Team. VW TCR up to speed pretty quickly the number 11 of Malicelli. Nine minutes 20 seconds the code 60 time. That's when you need somebody on the radio looking at the timing screen and the very moment on the gut of green he needs to be screaming in here. In fact as soon as he says Less than a minute to go, you stop cruising around in the higher gear and you put it into first or second and you're waiting for the goal. Yeah. And you're, it's as much the driver's responsibility because the driver only has to see a green flag. He doesn't have to pass a marshal's post, yeah. he doesn't have to do anything. All he has to do is to see a green flag. Um, and it's, uh, let's say, it, it's like you actually do on the motorway when you suddenly see the de-restriction sign. Yeah. You go as soon as you see it. You don't worry yeah. about having to get past it. Yeah, green, green, green is what we always say. And off has just gone. Oh, my goodness. It was the 175 that has gone off. And that all of that hard work then to get Harry Hilders up into second in TCR. And he's understeered off, just coming back out of the cord 60 at turn three, JP. Weird, that, wasn't it? And it was it's a long way off. As if, as the car got back up to speed, there was either no brakes or no tyre temp, perhaps more so, and Harry turns in at the usual point, 
and hadn't allowed the Hankooks to, to heat up after uh, trundling around at 60 kph. So, thankfully, got away with that. We have seen cars get stuck in gravel. The Hyundai had a moment, didn't it, yesterday, the I-30, hey. where it was... I think uh, he drove through though, didn't he? That was broken rear well, suspension. Hilders did, but yeah. uh, but I'm as I'm saying, the, the, the Hyundai had a drama yesterday when a, when one of the snatch vehicles had to be called, so got away with one there. Did Harry Hilders in the NKPP racing by Baz Kooten Cupra? Okay, uh, significantly delayed on this lap as a result. We'll see whether it affects the run to the flag, which is now just 62 minutes away. And over the line then goes Harry Hilders for the NKPP uh, team. Trying to hunt down Antibury, and that was a 2 minutes 22 second lap. Very good first sector for Mateusz Lizowski. So although the Olymp rating Audi took a while to get back up to full speed after the Code 60, there's nothing wrong with the pace of Audi number 8. Sadly though for Olymp Racing, making a return to the 24H series for the first time in a couple of years they are too far down to make an impression on the top three in class a6 uh, charles espelab in the cp racing mg gt3 at the moment that means joe foster is in the pit lane and nick damon is talking uh, to joe joe uh, you've come over to tell me you've had a bit of a moment yeah we had some excitement in the last stint um we were uh cutting through traffic um in the last stint, just managing the tires and uh we uh, we popped on some traffic and as, you know, at this point in the race, there's a lot of clag around the pieces of rubber that's left over. There was a big piece of what I thought was rubber in the road when I went to pass the uh, traffic, and unfortunately I was pinned and couldn't move left or right. So I just ran over it thinking it would, uh, you know, go away like most of them do and got to the next corner, and it literally, uh, the car went straight off the road. And it was quite a handful the rest of the race, or the rest of the, it turns out it was, if somebody's missing a transmission cross member, we know where it is, because I was just carrying it around for the last 30 minutes uh, under the splitter of the uh, Mercedes. So if anybody's missing a bit, uh, we, we know where it is. Well, there's a few uh, potential transmission issues. I've had a few transmission issues. I might take it down to them. Uh, the Code 60, Joe, was that good for you or bad for you? Honestly, uh, I... I think it was bad for us. We actually were conserving fuel. We were running on a very lean map and had a, had a plan uh, to make it on one more stop. If it had stayed in green, as you know, we've had no uh, Code 60s so far uh, in the race, and so we were planning on no Code 60s. So it actually hurt us, and it's going to add a stop. Oh, dear. This is about a pound and a half. You have to say, those Mercedes front splitters are made very well, aren't they? Well, there's quite a big hole in it now as well. But uh, it was basically riding. You could see from the, the scrapes on it, it was riding on this whenever you hit the brakes, which is why the car was trying to go straight up the road. Thanks, Joe. Um, Thanks. Yeah, that's a souvenir. Let's, let's keep that. <laughs> basically, that became a skid plate underneath the, underneath the car and was acting like, uh, making that car act like a very expensive sledge on the ground. And as he braked, the metal of somebody else's transmission cross-member pushing down. Oh, two minutes, 2.645 by Maciej Dzowski, the Polish driver, the Olymp Racing number six. Now, he is trying to chase down Manuel Zumstein for fifth place overall. And... Fastest lap of the race, though. That, that, that is the fastest yeah. lap overall, yes, yeah. of the race. All right, uh, one hour to go. Let's have a look at how they stand going into the last 60 minutes. 
Let's start with TCE Volkswagen 112 from Autorama. Their lead uh, in the TCE, and it's still the top seven TCR cars in that TCE uh, category. The Cupra then. Uh, the Volkswagen rather than uh, 37 and a half seconds ahead of Harry Hilders, who was a bit close to that until he went onto the beach a few moments ago in the NKPP racing by Baz Counten. 175, Rick Breukers. Uh, tired and fueled to the end, we must assume, with new Hankook tyres on that Red Camel Jordan 101 in third position. Then AC Motorsport, but they're laps away, but the top three still on the lead lap. Uh, of the TCE and therefore the TCR category. The A3 battle has closed up a little bit after the change of drive shaft for Synchro Motorsport, but Dan Wheeler back in the car now, he'll take that car to the end, has uh, nearly two laps on Nicole Holzer, who is in the driving seat of the 869 BMW M240. And behind them, the Team Hyundai Denmark i30, still out there, but lost many laps earlier on in the race and then 11th and 12th in TCE uh, the Abbott Racing BMW and the Vinkler Tuning BMWs both had uh, well a catalogue of problems three laps into the race the Vinkler had to change its diesel engine yesterday at the top of the shop it is still a full lap in fact just over that about a lap and a half now Matteo Malicelli in the Bohemia Energy Racing Ferrari, with one stop to do, we believe. Renard fueled till the end. Espenlab with a splash before the end is in third for CP Racing's AMG GT3, and then the Audi in fourth position car collection. Uh, Jürgen Herring is, I think, safe at the moment. Certainly not safe. It is Michael Jumstein who has the Olymp Racing. Audi behind it by just three quarters of a second and by the time I finish this sentence he'll probably have been passed. The GT4 and the 991 leaders are both in the top 10. RTR Projects 224 Crossbow uh, in ninth leads GT4. The 991 leader is Duo Racing, the 909 uh, number Porsche with Speed Lover sitting in behind them. Then a couple of GT4 cars in 12th and 13th, Hoffa and Pro Sport with laps between them. Porsche Lorient have recovered their 911 to third place in the GT, uh, the 991 category, should I say. Uh, and at the bottom of the GT field, the only two retirements we've been officially notified of. The Vockenspiegel car had an overheating gearbox and was pulled up a wee while ago, and the 226 KTM crossbow Jordan is now basically being used for uh, photo opportunities in their pit lane. That's how it stands, 56 minutes to go. Nick Damon. The Avacar has retired as well. Ah, right, add so that to the three, list. 334 has... Um, right. Uh, it's not missing a, a cross member, is it, by any chance? I'm just trying to find someone and ask if they've lost one, to be honest, but right. uh, the boys are looking a bit despondent at the moment, so I'll give them that 10 minutes, and they go, here, but find your bit. It's a bit scraped, but you can probably, re you can probably repurpose it. Make a nice... Uh, make a nice uh, ornament to put on the den wall, won't it? Well, Matteo Malicelli responding to the fact that he might have to make a stop when Robert Renard doesn't. They must be listening in on RS1. Uh, 2.02.584, that's a new fastest lap of the race. Remember, he won't have got a full fuel allowance, only 50%, because he came in under a full course purple, and 
that means he will have to make a splash before the end of the race. Jürgen Herring as well in the number 88 car collection Audi is also going to have to make a splash before the end of the race because they elected child car collection or maybe uh, because of the fuel area being so full uh, they decided that they weren't going to stop so they have mm. stayed out through the code 60 gave them a bit of track position but it does mean that they're going to need a splash of fuel I reckon three laps before the end of the race. Fifth and sixth have turned round Matthias Lazowski JP has gone by Manuel Zumstein and immediately pulls away. He's on a tear yeah. at the moment. Well, uh, setting absolute, absolute best sector times, at least in this stint. Not quite able to hook all three of them together like Matteo Malicelli's just done in the Bohemia Energy Racing with Scuderia Praha Ferrari, but uh, not surprised at that. I think possibly a top five would be a deserved result. That would be second in class, bear in mind, but the A6 Pro division uh, with only two cars in it this weekend. There's also an incident been assessed between the 112 and the eight cars. Now, that was Lizovsky, uh, oh battling with Antiburi, wasn't Correct, it? Yes. And no further action, despite the fact that the Audi did seem to be all over the grass to me. And I think approaching he's the there. corner at a, a peculiar angle, but there we are. I, I would say that that was a self-fulfilling uh, penalty in a way because uh, Olim didn't gain anything. Um, Antiburi seemed to get away with it without too much uh, damage well, so far. or loss of time. Um, I don't so, disagree with that. But I think you need to send out a, a, a marker. There I think you that's go. That's what you're looking for. Yes, I, I think you've got to send a message that's, that that's unacceptable. You've got a left hand drive car coming into a right hand corner with a driver who is completely committed. You can't pinch down the inside and run up his right rear quarter without expecting some sanction, I think. But okay, not our call, and the officials will have seen more of it than we did. Uh, and Mathieu Lezowski breathes a sigh of relief as he's trying to chase down the car collection Jürgen Herring car, which we think has to make another stop as well. Well, this is now all just livened up again, hasn't it? We had an interesting race going on before, but it seems Matteo Michelli and Matteo Michelli, Malicelli is uh, really burning it up. 104.5 last time around. Robert Renauer, that car's fastest lap of the race, JP. Mm. This is not over yet. No, certainly not. And that's throwing down a marker as well. The problem, I suppose, for the Porsche is that the fastest lap offered so far by the 91 Porsche is the one eight tenths of a yeah. second off the Ferrari's best. Well, how close do we think they're going to have to get, Johnny, to, to make that last pit stop for Malicelli actually come into play? Because it's, it's rules reversed here from Spa because the Porsche had to come in for a splash of fuel yes, at the did. end. Yes, it did. And they actually didn't quite get that right in terms... They didn't have any choice about the fuel because they needed it, but they didn't quite get the fueling right. They didn't no. turn the pump on it and, and register at the right time. So this is exactly the opposite way around. You've got the 91 car fueled to the end with Robert Renard on a tear and matching at least or bettering Matteo Malicelli's times. So how close do we think he's got to get? It's really tough. I mean, I'm not. I'm still not convinced that Ferrari needs another stop. Um, but obviously, if you've got to pressurise 
the other car into a position. Burn and fuel. If it's, if, if it's forced to go faster than they would like at Bohemia Energy, then that puts the element of doubt in there. But uh, I think just going as fast as he, he is doing currently, but as I say, the difference between the fastest times today of the two cars is still too large. It's eight tenths of a second. That Ferrari can go quicker if and necessary. What What is the delta for coming down the pit lane? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. Right. Um, the problem... Sorry, I say that rather flippantly. Um, the reason is because you have to turn right and go into the fueling area, it makes a pit lane delta, not something right. that I, I look at. However, uh, I would like to say that the uh, that last pit stop, uh, the Ferrari managed to get out 2 minutes 24 seconds, Herbert Porsche 3 minutes 18 seconds. So the gap as a result of that has gone up and Malicelli is pulling away from Renauer and even if he does have to come into the to pit, I think he's going to have enough of a gap to do so. Except he's got penalties as well, and we and we, we think so. Mm. We need to. It, it was one fourteen. The run down the pit lane is one fourteen with four tyres for the one one car. Rick Breukers. We know that because that's what they did last time around. It didn't take fuel. So four tyres then a run down pit lane. Take the time off for doing the tyres. So that's going to be somewhere around about a minute fifty six seconds, something like that, plus any penalties. What did Andy Burry do last time he came in the pits? Because it only took him 36 seconds. Hey? That was just tyres? Just front uh, tyres and no fuel? I know the only, uh, hang on, Nick Damon saw that. Uh, they just looked at the car. They checked it out to see the tyres would last. Right. Um, I have something interesting. We have a Lazarus situation. Really? Returned from the dead and photo opportunities is the 226. I'd like to point out that it was Mark from Orange Box who told me he had officially retired. Um, so I'm already Orange laying bag. the blame. Uh, he, knows, he knows who he is. Um, but in fairness, they were doing photo ops, which is never a good sign for a race team. That's but it's, fair. Uh, gone down to get some fuel so they've decided to do the last hour well either they? that or the nine-year-old found the starter <laughs> switch and is headed out that onto the would track would be fantastic <laughs> so there was a 10 second track limit penalty assessed for the scuderia praha ferrari at six hours and 35 into this portion of the race so an hour and a half ago uh, and i can't remember seeing the scuderia praha no. ferrari in the uh, penalty box in the last hour and a half so therefore there is at least 10 seconds to be added to the time for that car but as I said a moment ago just looking at the gap that uh, Malicelli has and the direction in which that gap is going to go up in the uh, remaining three quarters of an hour uh, looking at 320 laps in total uh, for the race and we're still looking at about 320 uh, laps we're currently on lap 294 so 20 something laps still to go and i can't see how malicelli and the scuderia praha ferrari team uh, are going to get overtaken as i say even if they need a splash and dash i think they've got enough of a gap they've got two minutes very nearly uh, in which to make that stop great battle for the lead in 991 cup johnny yeah, how about that? <laughs> Less than two tenths of a second as they cross the line. And this time, Mulder's just a little bit slower through the first sector, but there's nothing between them. 909, the Duvo Racing Squad of Luxembourg versus Speedlover in the 978 car of Mulder's. He's had a 
rather incident packed race <laughs> to this point. And if he kept uh, the point in the right direction, if he well, two laps up on this. Where would he be now? <laughs> yeah, that's the question. But it makes it very exciting for us, considering we're now well into the 12th hour of a 12 hour race, and that's all that separates the top two in the 991 class. If, if that second place car, if the 978 speed lover car, Vim Mulders, wins this race, I want to see them next time out have Spin and Vim on the side of that car. Contact! Uh, it right in front of the leader, Matteo Molicelli, trying to put another lap on Jürgen Herring as Jürgen was trying to go past someone else. That was the GT4 Mercedes car, number 454, I think. Right, and there was definitely contact, and Herring did well, actually, to stay on the circuit. Yellow flag, he may, well, he may not have. It was turn five, and there's a yellow flag there. So is this yet more drama with 46 and a half minutes to go? I want to see you work Spin and Vim in here next behind the garage door as well, by the way. And Vim, yes. Talking to Joe Bradley there, who Vim Mulders in the Speed Lover car in second place in that GT category. It's the 912 Porsche and the GT4 BMW. Was there a, uh, the GT4? 454 and that's the car that looks most likely to have got turned around that's going to be a tough one to call but I'm, I'm sorry I think Jürgen Herring there is uh, in the wrong side swipes the guy on the outside oh big damage to the right rear Johnny Palmer of that Mercedes GT4, they've had a fraught couple of days. Yeah, steering from the rear right, which is never ideal, and the car now off onto the grass, just seeing whether the two Porsches have switched positions at all, because I tell you, Mulders had a cracking run on Sidoruk as they disappeared from my sight. They still haven't reached the end of Sector 1, now they're still in the same order, but Mulders again breaking a little bit later as they arrive at turn uh, 6 and 7, first and second then in the 991 class just half a car length between them with 45 minutes still to go who's in third position in the Porsche Cup uh, class because they could have it all here Frederick Olsell in the 911 Porsche Lorient uh, they might yet be on the top step of the podium here this could go horribly <laughs> horribly wrong uh, it was Gavin Pickering, did we say that, at the wheel of the uh, oh, GT4 Gav? Mercedes? Right. Uh, Gavin already had his issues yesterday in uh, that Mercedes, as we were saying earlier on. Um, rather an awkward place, place at turn six. He's on the inside of the right-handed bit uh, of turn six, and I'm not sure if there's a gap in the Armco there to get a rescue truck out to uh, his assistance, which um, may lead to another Code 60. Um, see a furled Code 60 flag on the uh, Marshall's post there, so that's Paul? not being immediately uh, picked up. Yes, John? What happens if you don't serve your penalties within the two hours of them being assessed? Uh, I think if you're, if it means that you go into the last two hours, they just get, um, they just get added to the time at the end of the race. So, um, I don't think there's necessarily an issue for the Ferrari. Abandonne um, it, picking out of this car. Just to make the point as well, the message that comes up on my screen to say that there is a penalty isn't the official time when it's assessed. Right, that okay. gets put onto the bulletin. So when I say it was an hour and a half ago, um, that's when it came up on my screen and not necessarily the official's time. Um, but how we're going to deal with this Mercedes, to me at the moment, isn't quite clear. 
Does it need to be moved? Yes. On the inside of the bend? Yes. Everyone knows it's there now. Well, we've got... Ah, the venerable Jeep Cherokee turns up on driver's right. And the discussion going on in the pit lane. And then all of a sudden they realise that on the TV screen as well. Uh, I think Herring is going to be very lucky here, Johnny, to get away without a penalty because he's affected someone else's race. Uh, yes, good point. Um, well, we'll wait and see whether that becomes the, the case. Uh, Jürgen Herring had a very, very good stint, although hard work, when he took probably 15 minutes just to gather his breath. It was so brutal trying to control one of these GT3 cars on used hand-cooked tyres. When the day was much, much warmer, I think now that we've lost a fair bit of ambient temperature, it's slightly more of a comfortable drive, but Jürgen Haring uh, still having then uh, things assessed from earlier on. The treble six car back in the pits. Last pit stop for them. JP, yeah. the, the Porsche 991 Cup lead hasn't changed. Stanislav Sidoric is doing a fantastic job of defending the lead from Vim Mulders who absolutely came up to him like greased lightning but hasn't found a way back. Well I don't think the gap's changed either because it was 0.186 when I checked about five minutes ago. That's as close as he can get without running into the back of him across the line Maybe, clearly. Yeah. Coming up to start finish now. He's got a good run. Second place car, the, the white car in behind the red, white and blue with the sort of checkered pattern or the triangular pattern. But of course, they're identical cars. You get a little bit, JP, of a slipstream effect, but not very much. Not enough for yeah, them, Mulders. And, and Mulders obviously favours that last bit of the lap as the Duvo car doesn't get to the apex. However, the slingshot out of the corner's not too bad. You know, that might be part of Sudoruk's strategy. Just uh, be a car width off the apex and yeah. therefore the 978 cannot get to the left side of the track it's time for turn three he is turning in early he's turning in early to certain places to try and stop the car behind the mothers from going up the inside through at three and four heading slightly downhill towards the yellow flag is waving uh, between five and six so they can't be a pass in the next couple of corners the porsches are coming there as the stricken 454 Mercedes is being dragged rather unceremoniously backwards and here are the battling Porsches going by that area now it's a green flag so it's on again and which one uh, bursts into life quickest Duvo just about although it looked like the 978 was able to get the pedal down slightly more quickly out of turn six but just a Porsche right in front and there was no way through and this is all about where Sudoric's oh. putting the car on the road very skillful driving. I don't think he's got the quickest of the two Porsches I'd here. I agree with that. But the 909, it's all about uh, defending through where the where the car is put on the road. And Stanislav cannot af afford to let Vim Mulders through because I think the 978 would be up the road and gone. Yes. It's 0.2 of a second this time, so it does change. Be assured of that. Barely. That was at the start of this last lap. Uh, th the thing here is, it's a, it's a very it's a very fine line between driving, watching in your mirrors and just trying to do the best you can. They've got traffic coming through, including the leader. Now, this is an interesting time and potential danger for the leader. They, they are the first and second in the Porsche 991 class coming to the final corner. Now, somebody needs to be on the blower 
two on the phone to Malicelli and say, these guys are battling for position, Matteo, so don't take any chances. And meantime, Vim needs to be right up the tailpipe to that Ferrari as it goes by him. Lights flashing then to the Duvo car, and no chance as far as the Ferrari is concerned, trying to follow that machine through, because the Cup car just doesn't have anything like the straight-line speed of a GT3. Just looking back into TCR, Rick Broikers in third place at the moment in TCR, but he's about to make the move, I think, on Harry Hilders in 175. They're just going across the start-finish now, and the gap between the two of them uh, is 11 seconds, so there's a little bit more of a gap there than I thought there was going to be, but uh, they're uh, up behind, once again, not the first time that uh, TCR cars have been close to the Aston Martin. Um, Nico Verdonk at the wheel of the Aston, comfortably in third place now, uh, with the Senkia Motorsport BMW has faded, uh, despite having been quicker earlier on. That car now has uh, faded away, and the Aston is now in second place. Fantastic third still place, sorry. at the battle for the lead in the uh, for the Porsches bit of rubber debris or maybe something flying off the back of the 909 which leads the Porsche 991 Cup class he's just slightly off the racing line so it might just be a bit of errant rubber debris let's it, just it, remind ourselves that these are some of the least expensive cars on the track and after 11 hours and 22 minutes uh, they are battling for the lead of the class and by the way they're sitting just on a 10th position that would be 10th position overall uh, yes it would yeah so we've got well technically speaking four different classes represented in the top 10 in the gt series Admittedly, yeah. two of them are a6s but the gt4 leader ninth and the 991 class lead, just about being held by Duvo Racing, they are in 10th position. Two tenths lost this time by Oof. Mulders in the first sector, but a tenth gained back again, and Vim really does enjoy the uphill stretch from 10 to the line, turn 10 to the line. Is he close enough this time around through the final corner at 14? Well, he's been closer, oh. but the draft is definitely usable now. And yeah. he's, haul he's hauling closer. I think Got this is going to be the biggest look. Got to Late on the brakes, Vim. No, can't do it. Needed to be a bit more confident, a bit more conviction, possibly. The door's always open. This, Of course, this lap, it's not by uh, Sudo Rook, but takes an interesting line through the second bit of Turn 1. At least a lane or maybe two lanes off the apex. I just wonder whether you might be able to make use of that, but the problem is it puts you on the wrong side of the track when you reach Turn 3. I think part of the problem is that Vim can't use, even if he can get a bit of an overlap, he can't actually just throw it down the inside there because there's so much debris on the yeah. inside that he's going to just get picked up and just go straight Careering on. off, potentially. 676 Honda, the Synchro Motorsport car, still leads here three. And he's just going through turn one at the moment. It's been a good run from them and they've managed their issues and and oh there's the there's the pass there's the pass of course it is the moment we take our eyes off it and look at another car through goes Vim Mulders that was at turn six I reckon they're now heading round seven the left hander and up to eight and look at Vim Mulders now stretching his legs almost straight away this is the point I was trying to make about Stanislav's uh, Sidorek trying to hold back the speed level Porsche for as long as possible. It was a stout effort, but I don't think the Luxembourgish team Duvo Racing have got much left in the can to now try and chase down 978. Well, 
the stamp was licked and sent in, Ricciardo speak. <laughs> and Vim Mulders finally gets through. Got some news that's going to affect the front of the field here and A6 and Prodium, I think, because Jürgen Herring is going to have to come into the pit lane. Well, all right, he's not going to have to come into the pit lane, but he's got a 33-0 second time penalty for causing a collision. That was the bump that we saw earlier on with the 454 of Gavin Pickering, the Mercedes-Benz. I did say that I thought that having influenced someone else's race, the 912 Lorient car was there. They were three wide with the leader coming down the inside. And Jürgen just made a bad decision. The leader's there. You've got a blue flag for the leader coming down the inside. Let the leader go and hit the Mercedes. Don't stick yourself in there. Really? I... I, I... Um, take the point about the penalty. I'm not sure it's going to affect its class position, though, John. The car behind it is the Olymp Racing Audi, number eight, which is a pro-class car. And the next one up is the MBC Sports, Zeus Zustein uh, family good car. Point. Uh, and that is more than 30 seconds behind. In fact, it's more than a minute behind. Right. Um, so that's what's going on there. Into the pits having uh, been overtaken oh. comes the Duvo Racing Porsche. And I think that's very sensible because the 991 Frédéric Ancel car is a lap or so back on that. So having lost the lead, they're going to try and get, well, they can't get the right behind, rear wheel so. of uh, Nick Dermott. Yeah, they've, they've basically set up as soon as they lost the position. So they're enjoying the fight, but they obviously would have to come in. Um, talking about the 88, I, mean, I know it's 30 seconds won't affect it going back, but uh, don't forget Joe Foster told us that the uh, 85 would need a splash. Yes, so, therefore, that may cost them a chance to make up on that. I haven't got the uh, yeah, timing oh, in yeah, front yeah, of me. Yeah. It's, it's a good point, Nick, but yeah, well done, Nick. the uh, gap that Espen Laub has between himself and Herring is in any case two laps. So they'll be able to make their stop, get their fuel and get on the way uh, without any, uh, without losing the place. So um, they'll be able to hang on to third place overall, second in AM and Jürgen Herring should, as I say, be able, as long as there's nothing more than that 30 seconds, I don't think much damage was done to the Mercedes, uh, to the Audi in that um, incident, uh, so Herring will probably hold on to third place in the AM category. Uh, TCR, uh, Rick, Roy, Rick Broikers continues to be quicker out on the circuit uh, than Harry Hilders, um, but still is 10 seconds behind. Uh, a tantalising battle for second in TCR, but Anti-Bury looking at the moment pretty comfortable in the class, uh, although they are three all on the same lap in TCR, so they started five on the same lap in TCR. We've still got three on That's the good. same lap uh, after eight and a half hours of this race. 226 does indeed live again. Thomas Miniberger had brought the RTR Projects crossbow in sixth place in GT4, also making its last scheduled pit stop, Emil Salberg in the Leicester Racing Golf. They've dropped down to fifth position there. Looked like they might have been a contender earlier on. Uh, and Nick Damon has been doing a little bit of detective work down in the pit lane. He's been to Bohemia Energy. Watch yeah. the news, Nick. Uh, they have got a penalty, just 10 seconds to serve. And they are still slightly worried. Half an hour to go uh, about fuel. But uh, interesting, the one tenders came in here and the wheel was on fire on the left-hand side. So uh, they are... 
a few seconds to serve, a few seconds to serve. That's the team over there. They were looking a bit nervous. They've got a big crowd here. It's their home race. They've never been headed, of course, in the two and a half races. They may or may not need a teeny splash, but they have got a bit of time. Um, but obviously, it's always a worry because it's when you have to come to the pits, you give yourself an extra chance for an error, an extra chance for a mistake, an extra chance for something weird to happen. So it's not all over yet, even though only got 31 minutes and five seconds to go of the race. Right, now here's the next point. So now we've established that there is a penalty still to serve. Uh, when did you get notification of that, Paul? You gave us that information earlier on. Uh, At what yes, point it's very nearly two hours ago. Right, very nearly two hours ago. So we would expect to see them in around about the two hours after that for their splash. They'll want to leave it as long as they can, and that's good tactics, Johnny, just in case there's a code 60 and they can yep. get in, they can get that splash of fuel, they can stop for 20 seconds instead of 10 seconds, but that's still always worth doing, always worth doing. But what they can't do, they, they must know exactly when that penalty was assessed, because if they go over the two hours, they're in a bigger trouble. Uh, that's right, yes, and I, I say my message came at uh, 6 hours 35 minutes into the race we're now 8 hours and 30 into the race so within the next 5 minutes Matteo is looking like he's going to have to um, come in for that splash plus um, the penalty however uh, the gap that he has he has a lapsed lead over the uh, rest of the field and Jürgen Herring is coming into the pits now. I said he would have to make another stop for fuel in and any case. And he's going to take his 30-second stop. He will have stop. to take the 30-second stop at this point as well. He won't have to. Well, he might as well. Might as well. Um, oh, he hasn't. He's gone straight through. So that'll be added on to his race time at the chequered flag. I do hate having to do that because it means that what you see isn't what you get. But uh, that's... Mm. Uh, Nothing ready for him, says uh, Joe Bradley down Still in the pit lane. tyres. They've put the car on the jacks, but they've got no tyres ready for him. It he's should now be off fuel only. Now he's um, back on the jacks. Oh, this is disastrous. Yeah, what's... Ah, problem. What are you dolly doing, jacks Joe? coming out. The dolly jacks are out. The car has come in what looks to be very unexpected. From this the is, this, can the I team. just remind everybody, this is third place. This is a podium-sitting car in yep. A6 arm here. Mm -hmm. Yep, this is a class podium we're looking at being... Just ebbing away, fourth overall. Well, he's going to lose the fourth. Backwards into the garage now. He's going to lose the fourth overall because the Olymp racing car, Matthias Lesowski, the number eight Audi's going to come through. Then we've got to look for Manuel Zumstein in the MDC Mercedes AMG GT3. Which is uh, he's one lap behind. He's one lap behind. Now he's not. He's just gone through that noise in the background from Joe's mic. I think that car might be done. I think that car might be finished. Joe Bradley. Yeah, there's nothing happening. Um, wow. Apart from the driver jumping out. It's usually, you know, where you've got some attention to some part of the car, whether the engine cover comes off. But I think it's just had some kind of catastrophic failure. We've, we took the left-hand front wheel off. Now the front is... The front of the car is left -hand lifted. We're left, looking at the left-hand left side, side was where the contact was. Left-hand side was where the contact with the 454. Gavin maybe, was. maybe. Let's have a see if Marcus Winklehop knows anything. Wheels going back on. No, it's a bit, it's a bit surprising. Hang on, I'm going to 
get round the back here and see if I can find someone who knows anything. I'll be honest, Joe, I think that car's not going any further. Gentlemen, what has happened? What has happened to the car? Please ask the driver. Okay. What has he reported? Has he reported anything? Has the driver reported anything on the radio? We have a small contact with the AMG Mercedes, and now we have a little bit problem with the suspension. Right, do we think the steering is broken? Maybe, yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm asking you questions, I know you don't know as much as anyone. So we suspect they've had a suspension failure or off contact, and they've decided to retire the car, because it's probably, they haven't got, probably got the time. Tim, do you know anything? Tim Muller there, one of the drivers. What, what, what do you know? Do you know anything more? Uh, you, you, you saw he had this, he had this touch and uh, the steering wheel got more and more. Uh, something is broken. Something must be broken. So he could not work anymore. The steering wheel turned more and more left. Wow. So Not enough time to fix it, is it? Not enough time to put a steering rack. 20 minutes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Bad look. A whole, wow. a whole bevy of uh, time penalties being notified as well. Uh, and whether these will oh. all get taken or not uh, remains to be seen. And now it's quite clear why uh, Jürgen Herring chose to uh, avoid his penalty. Um, but one of them is for the 101 Red Camel Jordans.nl Cupra. Uh, incomplete driver equipment, 10-second penalty. Uh, now... Joe was there, or was it Nick, who said uh, who was there uh, and the uh, equipment was checked. Um, well, there is some uh, something incomplete and it's a 10-second penalty for car 101. Uh, a penalty that can it, it can ill afford because it is five seconds yes. behind the Baz Kooten Cooper. Harry Hilders, 175. They were bantering on the grid um, and they're good friends, um, but there's going to be a... Uh, a right old battle going on out on the track between Harry Hilders and Rick Breuters, separated by five seconds. Malicelli's got to come in and take this penalty now. He's got to come in and take this penalty. They cannot afford to get the penalty extended. It was not in the last two hours. They don't have the opportunity to add it onto their race time. It has to be served within two hours of notification and the notification comes up on the screen the, the team see it exactly the same time as we do so this is dicing a little they've got time for this this is not proved there's no need for them to be pushing and he's going round for another lap he's going round for another lap well we've seen some odd decisions down through the years by teams well it may be they're contesting uh, the offence and they may have got indication from race control we don't know all of the true it could uh, have been put on timeout it could have been put on hold um, yes that's true and so uh, as I say we can't uh, be categorical about it but Paul in fairness you know most times you get a penalty you've got three laps to serve it <laughs> uh, two hours you have to serve it here and it's a 10 second penalty to be added onto a pit stop he's got to take anyway and I don't know. In comes, in comes uh, Charles Espenloud, CP Racing Mercedes. Last stop Third for place. They're making up that extra. I suspect that car will go straight past the uh, pit and go straight to refueling. Nick Damon won't tell us because he's up here. Joe Bradley would tell us he's down in the pit lane. Yeah, Joe's, uh, I think, on a bit of a mission to uh, find out some more information. Right. 
The so, Scuderia Praha car has definitely gone round again. We have now under 24 minutes to go. And the 85 CP Racing Mercedes in the pit lane for 35 minutes now. And as I say, I'm guessing that car has gone straight up to refueling. Will take on the extra half a tank that it didn't get last time around. It took on tyres last time, and that should therefore see it to the end of the race. The last pit stop for the 85 car being with about an hour and 10 minutes of the race remaining. So too much to ask the tyres for that. Uh, into the pit lane on the back of the flatbed, the 454 QSR Racing Skill Mercedes. Gavin Pickering had abandoned that car and it was a, a neat piece of recovery actually because the Jeep Cherokee pulled it back close to the arm core and then they sent around the flatbed that's got a jib on the back and um, no issues with bridges here no. uh, and they uh, hauled that over the top and out of harm's way I thought Johnny that was a very clever way of dealing with that yeah about towing it to within the uh, to within the reach of a flatbed isn't it and then uh, allowing the bigger vehicle to do the job and get it back via the internal road so it meant that we could avoid another code 60 meanwhile I don't think this Ferrari is going to come in but certainly not to serve the penalty and well maybe your point Paul about them arguing it even now is valid well it, and it may have even been rescinded and we wouldn't necessarily have been told about that about it, yes, um, but I think it's well, Roland, the, the, the team still think they've got a penalty Nick asked the what, team Nick? okay yep they think they've got a penalty well, the, 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 the team told Nick they have a penalty to serve. Not if that's correct. Yes. Yeah, they've got a penalty to serve. The team say they have a penalty to serve. The question now is when was it assessed and is the two hours up? It's the Roland Dane philosophy whereby you argue absolutely every penalty dish down because if you serve it and then argue the case, it's too, too late. late by that yeah, point. Yeah. And the risk is you get an even bigger penalty. Well, yeah, fair enough. Well, look at Formula. Look at the farce in Formula 2 at Monaco yesterday where the stewards couldn't even read their own rule book and work out how to restart the race and put half the field a lap down. Yeah. The most basic stuff. And nobody... Nobody argued that and protested it until after the race. And by which time they said, yes, we did make a mistake, but we can't find an elegant way of putting it right, so the result stands. Esmond now won his way in the Mercedes, so it was fuel only for the CP Racing Mercedes. And he has gone around, as I say, he's back out on the circuit now, uh, should have hung on to third place overall. And also going through, still in the lead of his race, the Autorama VW Antiburi at the wheel of the 112 car. He still holds a um, minute of an advantage over the second place car, Harry Hilders, who is still Paul. four and a half seconds ahead of Rick Broikers. We're going to go down to Joe Bradley, who's caught the eye uh, of the team manager of Bohemia Energy Racing. I'm, I'm talking to the team manager. No, yeah, no penalty. On. No, he's not, he's not aware of any penalty. And he, would tell, he wouldn't tell me otherwise. He was what? He's, he is walking uh, towards Pit Inn. Ah, he's going to the toilet. That's where he's going. So, he's just told me there. No penalty. So, where have we got that from? 
the team told them. The team told us that there was a penalty outstanding. There was a penalty assessed with six hours and 35 minutes uh, into the race, a 10-second penalty for track limits, and that hasn't... We've not seen that being... Uh, well, he's been used up. Now, that's that's not to say it that we didn't miss it. That That's fine. But when Nick asked the question, has that penalty been answered? They said, no, we've still got a penalty. He's just refuted that. Right. The diesel BMW is so smoky right now. <laughs> There's a plume of smoke out the back of it. Oh, my goodness me. I think that might have to be pulled in. Because what you don't want, Johnny, is any residue getting onto the track there. That could well, be disastrous. It, it almost looked to be drifting its way through turn... <laughs> I'm not uh, surprised. ...13, you know, hanging the tail out. So uh, it's diesel and maybe a bit more being thrown out the back of that car. Uh, relatively easy or relatively neat and tidy exit out of 14 that time for the treble six, which actually started today with zero laps to its name. It had done a few laps yesterday before the engine blew, but because of the work overnight, it three laps yesterday, because of the work overnight, it got a 10-lap penalty. It didn't start in the minuses, by the way. It, they just put it back to zero laps for Which this morning. fair, in fairness. Well, like and see a car start on minus seven laps. It's, I don't know whether that's ever been done before. It looks like it might just about get to the end, uh, but it is a bit Ivor the engine at the moment. And... Uh, Fair play to them for getting all the, the work the work done. I, I'm going to throw th something in here about the leader and the penalties. I would have thought if they had served the penalty by now, we would have seen something on at the bottom of the screen saying, number 11, you haven't served your penalty, we've now just doubled it or tripled it or sent you to Mars. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that's in the. Uh, I don't think are allowed to send you to Mars, even if you're driving uh, a red Ferrari. But it's. Uh, I think you're absolutely right, John. I, I suspect, and given Joe's interpretation of the um, conversation he's had with the team manager, um, then we are going to see Malicelli being able to take the car to the flag. Uh, and if he's um, the team manager, sufficiently relaxed to go and have. Uh, a toilet break with uh, less than 20 minutes of the race still to go I suspect they're not even intending to refuel the car before the end either uh, he'll have got enough fuel during that last code 60 uh, and they'll have calculated this uh, to get him to the flag the previous stop to it uh, was about half an hour prior to the code right. 60 so that may have given him enough to get him uh, to the end is Malicelli alright on time? there's yes. nothing else that we can throw into this uh, to make it more dramatic <laughs> Uh, no, he's all right on time. Two hours driving time uh, limit on this stint. There is no driving time limit overall uh, for Malicelli's uh, driving time in the race because it's a pro-class car. Yeah. Uh, currently, Malicelli has done three hours and 30 minutes uh, of the race compared to Pissarich, who's done two hours and 30. Josef Kral, two hours and 19. So uh, pretty even between the three of them. Uh, and his last lap of 2.059, so whatever ailed the Ferrari early in the weekend has disappeared. 2.063 from Robert Renard, Herbert Motorsport have put up a very plucky fight in second place. They'll win the A6 Am category. Charles Esplanade and the CP Racing team will come in 
second for that. And third, confirmed now, Manuel Zumstein's gone through in the number four Mercedes, the MDC Sports. Hop Suisse for the driving squad at least. And they will be third in A6 Arm. They have 90 seconds on Selko Jemic in the Herbeth Motorsport number 93 car. Uh, and that car is not gaining on the Jumstein Swiss family outing. In TCE, Antiburi in the 112 Autorama. That's, if they stay ahead here, and it's looking good for them at the moment, that'll be three wins at a second uh, yeah. in the championship season so far. And the battle on, though, for second in TCE uh, as Harry Hilders keeps Rick Broikers behind him. Uh, the gap has come down and down and down, though. It's now down to 3.8 seconds, but with a 10-second penalty that we know that Rick Broikers' car has been assessed, or at least the driver equipment has been assessed, uh, 10 seconds of a delay means that when, as and when, if Rick Broikers can overtake Harry Hilders, he's going to have to then put 10 seconds of a gap between the two of them. And I think with only half a quarter of an hour remaining, that's going to be uh, beyond Rick's capability. In comes the Ferrari. He is ah. going to come in for ah. fuel uh, across the line. Is he wow. going to come in for a penalty? Well, was that just a little bit of chat then from the team manager? Uh, Natasha will tell me if he stops in the penalty box, he does not. So this surely will be fuel only. Where is the 93 car on the circuit? Answer, sorry, the 91 car on the circuit. Anyway. Coming through the final corner now, so it's about to get back on the lead lap as it crosses the line. This time around, the Ferrari goes in to fuel and the 91 Herbert is on the lead lap. Now, this is exactly the opposite, Johnny, of what happened at Spa, but they came out on the same piece of track at the top of Radion, and now there's still the better part of five kilometres for the 91 car to come around and get on the tail of that Ferrari. Yep, so Herbert all of a sudden hoping for a slip in the fueling area this time for Scuderia Praha, and I think it's going to be... Uh, balanced out in a kind of calmer format. We'll wait and see. It looks like the fuel's going in pretty well. It was completely empty, looks... of course. Completely empty at the uh, the fuel stop. Uh, yes, and it's already on the move, so heading back towards the pit lane and about to rejoin the track. So Malicelli, uh, no tyres. He took, I think, fresh tyres at the last pit stop, so those yes, Hankooks will have plenty of meat left on them, despite the pace from the Italian. Turn seven for the 91 car, so he's exactly half a lap in turn numbers behind probably a little more of that in lap time and distance but at least he's back on the lead lap yeah so if there's any stumble or issue there's only one more pass required for the lead remember this ferrari and this team are unbeaten at any format of creventic run Hancock endurance race at this track. You say this Ferrari, this will be the first win on home soil for the 488, because it was a 458 good three point. years ago. Good point. And the year before that. Yeah, so this is uh, this is uh, new ground being broken for Scuderia Praha in that respect. Historic. Yes. Will be in a few years, potentially. <laughs> the 91 Porsche then heading towards the end of this current lap, which will be lap number 315. 
and the leader the number 11 exits turn nine and heads down to the bottom of the hill at turn 10 which is the lowest part of the circuit it's the 91 cross the line now uh, and the gap was two minutes 31 seconds but of course that included Malicelli or was before Malicelli came back out again that was when he crossed the line on his way to the fuel stop so it'll be I think somewhere in the region of minute and, minute and 15 something like that we'll see this time as Malicelli comes back towards us and minute, minute, minute and 10 minute and 15 yesterday. yeah that's comes through the final complex of corners but you can't you can't take your foot off the neck though can you you've got to keep pushing Johnny you yeah. never know what you can push them into cross the line 315 laps with 10 minutes to go so we're going to still be somewhere near 320 if we hadn't had that Gavin Pickering uh, full course purple yeah it would have gone to 321 i think i don't think we'd have got uh, much well, we beyond just, we were nine minutes behind yeah, it, uh, it was yes but they, yes the cars used the opportunity to come into the pits they would have come into the pits anyway so yeah you're kind of uh, right. roughly around the same right. time so the last part of the race we've not had a pit stop which we would have had in any case so I was looking at a maximum of 321, we're now looking at 320 and um, with, as you say, coming up pretty much exactly 10 minutes still to go uh, and that's going to be six laps at most. So the it's team... Like it's, it's 321 still. Right. The team will be on the phone to Malicelli saying, don't even want you on the curbs here, never mind over them. There will be no curbs here. Curb your enthusiasm, Matteo. Well, that's what they are saying. He's paying absolutely no attention. Yeah. At turns eight and nine, still walloping the curves there, although stays well off them on the exit of nine, and they're downhill towards ten. Yeah, I think we're going to sneak through 3.20 laps with about 30 seconds to spare, uh, so we'll get on to 3.21 at the end. 1.19 is... is the gap, Paul, so a little more than both of us thought. Right. Uh, that was a 2.063 last time around. Matteo Malicelli, 3.17, including his pit stop, of course. Uh, Matthias Lizowski still with the Olymp car. Uh, second and the only other runner in A6 Pro, but still pushing on very hard indeed. His lap last time around, a two minutes five. Yeah. Um, but fastest really, lap of the track, yeah. Doesn't really have a lot to gain. Um, but fastest, not just fastest on the track, but fastest by a fair old way. Uh, bearing in mind that Malicelli has, isn't quite up to speed yet following his uh, extra splash for fuel. Question must be... Seven laps, that should be right. Yeah, Renauer should be okay now to get to the uh, checkered flag. Uh, did Scuderia Prior run the 488 in 16? No, I had it down as a 458. Okay, I will double check that. But, okay, um, I will let you double check that. Fine. I think there was still a bit. I mean, the 488 was probably available then, but I'm not sure they had one. But I say, I'll look it up. Well, actually. 
what are you thinking? Scuderia Praha um, were asked to, to sit out a race after an accident with the Ginetta in Dubai, and that was in Czechoslovakia, but that wasn't here, was it? That was on the street somewhere. Or am I making that up? I thought it was Mugello they had to miss. No, they had to miss their home race when they were going to be debuting the new car. That's just come back to me. But I can't remember what year that was. Good question. Uh, let's deal Czech with the Republic, first I should have said. My apologies. And the result for which is there. And there's a 488. My apologies. So I was given a bump steer by another website there. Right turn, so lover. Alerted me to that. That's not of me. Of course. Of course. So how many well, times have we raced in the Czech Republic? Three. Or this is the third Third time. here. Yes. Did we not race somewhere else? Not as a Creventic race. So which was the race that Scuderia Praha were asked to sit out after the incident? When they after the incident with the Ginetta at Dubai, when they were no. about to debut the new car and I, the I new car that. couldn't debut. And I'm pretty certain that was their home race. I, I or did they come back to that race there in 16 and debuted the new car at their home it, race? It feels to me like it was longer ago than 2016 somehow. Right. Um, it feels to me like it was more like five years ago rather than three years ago. Um, but which in, case, in which case, if it was Czech, the, the Czech Republic, it wasn't at this race, it wasn't at this track, but did no, we I, ever I, race I, here? I, felt it was a, I thought it was a Mugello uh, right. race rather than a Czech race. And the reason that you have that in your mind as being a home race is purely because Mugello is um, a kind of Ferrari home track rather than a Czech Republic home track. But uh, let, let Johnny do the research because we're both trying to um, go into our memory banks. Uh, I'm also keeping tabs still on the battle for second in TCR because Rick Broikers is still trying to close in and he's still... Uh, getting the Red Camel Jordans Cupra uh, up onto the tail of Harry Hilders, but never quite close enough to try and get an overtaking move. Um, still within five seconds, but you're not going to be able to overtake with five seconds and with a penalty looming for... It was Mugello. It was Mugello 2016. You're absolutely right. Uh, well, you were right in it being 2016, um, but so just seems like longer ago than three years ago that uh, that was happened that happened um, time flies uh, doesn't it just it, wa it was going to be the debut with the 488 though that that part I did remember correctly less less than five minutes to go and Alrighty. I'd just like to tip my cap to everybody at RTR projects because yes. KCM Crossbow uh, leading GT4 at the moment uh, Thomas Enger has done his share of the driving Eike Angermeyer is currently at the wheel of the 224 car and um, whilst I like the KTM crossbows, I'm surprised that uh, whilst one of them has had a, tr a very troubled run, um, this is the most faultless run I have seen from a crossbow, I think. Um, 296 laps on the board, uh, a four-lap advantage over the next-placed car in GT4, um, which is currently the, well, has been for some time, uh, but currently being driven by Gustav Engeljeringer, and he's in the BMW in second place in GT4, third place in GT4, and further two laps behind is the Aston Martin. So you've got Crossbow, BMW, Aston Martin, the top three cars in GT4. Hasn't necessarily been a close battle at the front, but... Uh, 
it's it's kind of ebbed and flowed as uh, occasionally we've had the Senkia Motorsport GT4 BMW up there. But as I say, tip of the cap to uh, RTR projects because that crossbow has uh, not really had a significant problem throughout the race. Um, the small voice in my head, which has been uh, Natasha from Nullsweisweis-Eins, did the same research as I did and, and confirmed the 16, 2016 debut here of the 488. Uh, I'm not sure if they did Zandvoort as well, actually, but it was a 488 here in 16 after they've been asked not to attend Mugello. And also as rather uh, helpfully had a word with Race Control for us as well. And Race Control is happy to confirm there are no outstanding penalties on the number 11. Mm. Okay. So, are there any other penalties which might affect the that, top three runners in any other division? That, that um, is a question. In particular, TCE, TCE, because Rick Broikers yeah. has the 10-second penalty potentially, so that even if he overtakes Harry Hilders, it won't necessarily count for anything. Into the last couple of minutes. You've got to say, Johnny, that the, the local team have done it again. It, it, it looks on paper probably a lot easier than it has been, though, for them this time and the car looked a real mess and a handful at times during this race but when it's counted i.e. other than the first two stints today that car is looked back at its, back at its absolute best and I, I did i remember saying this morning i wonder if they're just being a bit clever and setting the car up for the end of the race well coming back off that uh, first of the two late full course purples the code 60s they set the fastest lap of the race. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think there was genuine concern earlier yeah, on too. in the day when it was really warm. And the difficult thing was, no, I mean, nobody seemed to have an answer as to why there was a drop-off in performance. It's fine if you know which, way, which yeah. direction to go, or you can realise what on earth is happening. But everyone was just sort of looking at one another with open mouths going, this track's never been like this before. Uh, and then as the day has cooled down, we've had a bit more cloud cover, we had the rain pass through as well and it was just that short sharp shower which initially affected the home straight and then drifted across other parts of the circuit as well but um like Joseph Kral went from being a sweaty mess let's face it at the end of one of the stints to being much more calm and collected at the end of his next stint and grinning from ear to ear because I think they'd realized they'd got through the worst that Bruno had to offer and then the car was much more stable in terms of setup, and they didn't really need to do much more with tyre pressures. They knew where they were, I think, and it's still been made to work for the remainder of this race because they never quite knew what the 91 could offer. Uh, but with, uh, well, it was a fumble again, wasn't it, from Herbert Motorsport, but this time not with fuel, but with a rear left wheel going on, and that has really put them adrift. It's not an, a minute and 20 seconds, I realise. It still would have been uh, a significant margin ahead as the Ferrari, with 17 seconds on the clock, goes over the line to start its final tour, Paul. Yes, Matteo Malicelli then, uh, not having put a wheel wrong in this final stint, really, um, got the extra fuel that he needed. And there's a bit of a battle going on up ahead of him, and there's a car in the gravel as well. And Fourth it's the place in TCR, that is. 
Yes, it's uh, Vincent Rademacher in the AC Motorsport Audi RS3. Uh, and is that at turn, turn five. four? Turn five. Turn five. The leader's got to come past it now. So there's no point in having a code 60 at this point, but it does mean yellow flags. Now, he's facing the wrong direction. So what's happened there? Rademacher turning into turn five. That's where we saw the, the QSR incident. That would suggest to me that he's had somebody up the inside of him. As the leader goes by, doesn't pass anybody going into there. Puts another lap on the number four Manuel Zumstein MDC Sports Mercedes, which will finish on the podium in arm and fifth overall for the Swiss family outing. Yeah, great result. Great uh, result. Potentially for, for them, as far as the AM runs are concerned. Good as well for the car ahead. The Olymp Racing Audi in pro, uh, also getting to a good finish. Into the pits on its final lap comes the 224. This is the leading GT4 class car. Leading GT4 class car into the pits before the chequered flag. This could mean, and it will still get classified because of the way the forensic rules work, you don't have to take the chequered flag. No, it doesn't, but will it cross the line and click over 300 laps? Yes. It depends where its pit stall is. Uh, it's past the start-finish Right, so it's straight through the pit lane, Joe says, so it's come straight back out. I didn't think there was any drive-throughs to be assessed there, so that might have been a mistake. No, 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 no. It's the last lap for the leader, not for you. Keep on going. So Vim Mulders will close in a little bit, but they did have plenty of room. On to the dirty side of the track and the 100% record of Bohemia Energy Racing, Scuderia Praha team here at Bruno. Whatever the format of the Hankook 24-hour series is preserved. And Matteo Malicelli, the happiest man in the place by his standards. But the team are happy, and Joe Bradley is with the locals. Yuri, Joseph, three in a row, and nobody has won a race here. You guys have won every race here. You must be very proud. That we are. <laughs> that we are. You've got all these this friends and family with you, big crowds as your home race. How does it feel? Uh, you, you don't know how nervous I was this morning and yesterday because normally you go racing and there is not so many people you know. Now it was completely different. You are at home, so many people here, so I was really nervous. Fantastic. Joseph, um, the Porsche as ever was a massive threat once again. Definitely, they are always. I mean, they, they are really good drivers, the team knows how to do it, but I have to say that our team today did a little bit better job, which is great, and I'm really thankful to be part of this, because it's great to be for the team. It's the third time for me, second time to be on the high step here in this such long race and big race in Czech Republic. Everyone was really worried this morning, but then the car came alive. What was that? It was a bit up and down, I think, but it was probably because of the weather. Mostly the weather was the thing what was changing the, the balance of the car, the speed, and in the end also the results. <laughs> I think we need to get out this pit wall. Congratulations, Bohemian Scuderia Praha. Once again, unbeatable, you guys. Unbeatable. Well done.
unbeaten here in their home country, Johnny Palmer and Paul Trusswell across the line there. That was very close. The, the two KTM crossbows were trying to do a photo finish. I think that <laughs> might have been part of the uh, palaver with coming ah. through the pits. But uh, the crossbows, uh, a photo style finish coming across the line side by side. Uh, many, many, many laps behind, but it does mean that the RTR car of Eike Engermeyer, the Thomas Enger driven car, does win GT4. Um, and GT4 991 winners uh, in the top 10 with Vim Mulders uh, just underlining that pass that he made early on, earlier on that we saw uh, on the uh, 909 Duo racing car, which will finish second. So Speed Lover will win Porsche 991. Uh, in TCR, Antibury anchors the Autorama Motorsport. What a season they're having. Uh, three wins and a second so far uh, this year. Uh, and the A3 category won by three laps by Dan Wheeler and Alan Jones. And just the two drivers there, excellent job. And that wasn't an easy run for those guys. They had to do some bits and pieces. Uh, but confirming at the top, the overall will be Bohemia Energy Racing Ferrari from Herbert Racing, the 91 car, the dark grey in second, the Porsche, and third, CP Racing. Third, overall podium for CP for CP Racing. Fantastic stuff. They come second in AM to the Herbert Racing car. Let's go to the TCE category. Joe Bradley is with the Speed Lover team. Back on form with Vim Mulders. Spin to Vim. Larson in with the 112, the Autorama World Speed car. You guys, are, you know, you're having a great 2019. Absolutely, it's been really brilliant season so far. It was a really exciting race. It was a very close race with all the TCE cars, you know, from start to start to the end, to finish line. So it was very exciting. I mean, I think hour to go, nobody knew who's going to win. So that, that's an amazing thing to do it. And of course, it's nice to win. I was just about to say that, two hours to go, I thought, wow, who's going to win this TCE race? What was it that clinched it for you guys? Uh, I think it, we all had a problem with the tyre wear, so that was the main thing, of course. And then we tried to tried to prolong a couple of our stints earlier today so that we could drive a little bit longer without tyres than the other ones. And I guess that was, and then a little bit saving fuel and driving fast, obviously. You had to find something and you guys found it. Well done, Stefan Tanner there, also with the team. Well done, Stefan. You must be really proud of this team you guys have put together. Uh, George is disappearing right at the end there. Second place for Baz Cowton's NKPP 175 team in the TCE. Yeah, we lost as well. um, and in third place, I think it will still be Rick Breukers, eight seconds behind at the line, yeah. with a penalty, I think, still to be yes, assessed yeah. on that car, Paul. He, he should still be third, according to, uh, according to my calculations here. Uh, the next car up uh, behind him would have been uh, the Leicester Racing Volkswagen, car number 110, uh, which was three laps behind the Red Camel uh, Cupra. So uh, Red Camel still in third place uh, as far as the TCE division is concerned. And in A3, Synchro Motorsport uh, bringing home the honours in the A3 class with car number 676, Dan Wheeler bringing the car through to the chequered flag. The other interesting point about the battle within A6 Pro and A6 Am, because there are more A6 Am cars in the entry, Herbert outscores Scuderia Praha by a point. That's so quick. Actually, the points in the championship have come down 
Uh, Scuderia Praha came here with a three-point advantage. It's down to two. Oh, we love it. Good, good, uh, good arithmetic uh, from JP there. Uh, let's quickly run down the overall and therefore the GT section of the race, confirming the top three overall. 11 Ferrari from Bohemia Energy. Herbert Motorsport 91 Porsche in second. CP Racing on the overall podium in third and therefore second behind Herbert Motorsport in the AM category. The AM podium being made up by fifth overall. The MDC Sports, the Jumstein family in that Mercedes. Cracking run for them. The GT4 and 991 category, the other two categories in the GT race. Their winners both inside the top 10 with the 224 uh, RTR Projects Crossbow winning GT4 in ninth. Speed Lover winning the Porsche 991 Cup class with that late move by Vim at the end ahead of Duo Racing. Bonk Motorsport will be second in GT form. Pro Sport Aston Martin sneak ahead of the BMW right at the end and take third place on the podium with the new GT4 Vantage AMR. And Porsche Lorient Racing in 13th position are the third step on the podium after a mixed weekend for Porsche Lorient Racing. They had first and second for a long time, but both cars hitting problems, the 911 recovering to a podium spot in the 991 category. A couple of retirements at the bottom, or at least Vockenspiegel, of course, retired. RTR came back with the 226 and did a few extra laps. QSR Racing School not seeing the chequered flag, but will be classified as you don't have to be moving to get your points at the end. That's GT. Now, what about TCE? That was tight as well. We started this morning with five cars on the lead TC lap, and they're the top seven were TCR cars after the demise of the ABBA uh, commercial racing, uh, commercial vehicles racing, a BMW. Autorama continue their awesome run of form this season. Uh, by the vagaries of where the leader were, was, they actually will be given a full lap of a, of a lead for the win. And they're taking it with the 112 car from the NKPP racing uh, by Bad, Baz Cowton Racing 175 Cooper. Golf Cooper Cooper with the Red Camels Jordan. Do you know what? They might be quite happy with that. They wanted to win the race, but that car had so many handling problems. Uh, that 101 car coming home in third might just have been the best that they could have hoped for, certainly earlier on at the weekend. The unluckiest team, the Lestrup Golf, in fourth position. They ran strongly all weekend, but couldn't get on the podium. Strange race for AC Motorsport in fifth. The 188 Audi just wasn't there, really. Lost some time and couldn't get it back. Still, what, five laps off the lead in the end. Also problems for Mon Lau, which pushed them down the field as well as TTC Racing. Synchro with a very well-judged race. Come home three laps to the good in A3. Eighth position in the TCE part of the race. Uh, a race-long battle with Hoffa Racing's BMW M240. The 869 car completing 55 laps. Not a great weekend for Team Hyundai Den Denmark. They weren't in the TCR fight and they won't be happy about that. Uh, and problems as well right through the race for Team Abbott Racing. That car actually dropped down to 12th. The Winkler Tuning BMW. Smokey, well, old Smokey made it to the end and did get into 11th place and uh, takes, will take a position on the A3 podium. They'll be in third position. We stay in Europe for the next round of the 
uh, championship and it's the first of the two 24-hour races we'll be down at Portimao as far as Radio Show Limited is concerned we've got a hugely busy calendar coming up with uh, Le Mans Test and the Detroit IMSA race coming up next weekend uh, and then of course Le Mans 24 hours in three weeks time followed immediately by the Nürburgring 24 Back-to-back races at IMSA saw six races in seven weekends coming up. Paul Trustwell and Johnny Palmer were beside me, John Hindhoff, in the booth. What a great weekend we've had here at Bruno. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.